This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. We got a really nice episode lined up for you today. We talked to Daniel Lieberman of Environment America about some really interesting and important environmental issues. It was a good conversation, I think, Joey. Fantastic conversation. We get into a bunch of quick hits, Chelsea Manning, Keith Scott, the value of religion, and then, of course, full first presidential debate coverage. Stick around. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Well, guess what? My name is Christopher Flannery, but you already knew that. The guy sitting across from me is... Joseph Noe. That's right. We're also being produced by our man Matt here, who I was a little rude, I guess, before we started the show. I said, you can chime in. You're not third mic yet. Don't be confused, but you feel free to say, hey, say hey to the people, Matt. Let them know you're here. Hello. There you go. <laughs> He's such a nice guy, but I think he gets a little shy when we start rolling, so he, you're going to come out of your shell. I, I, I'm a man of a very few words, I guess. That's right. And isn't it funny? I tell him, don't jump in too much. And I'm like, he's quiet, but I'll get him to talk more. And then yeah, I'm like, yeah. shut up, Matt. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program, everyone. Nice show lined up today. We got some interesting updates and quick hits off the top. We're also going to get into the Keith Scott shooting in North Carolina. We're not going to break down the video like we've done with some of the other you know, uh, incidents that have happened. But we're going we're gonna to talk about it because I have a couple of thoughts about that. Uh, and of course, Joey... Mm-hmm. 2016 update and full coverage of the first presidential debate to close the show. Oh, yay. Yeah. We, uh, you know, you guys know how we do it. If you've listened to the podcast ever, uh, we got detailed notes, which I haven't looked at since I took them. So we're all going to go on a journey together. I don't even know what I wrote. Uh, before we get any of that done on the phone today, we have Daniel Lieberman of the nonprofit group environment America, He's going to discuss some important environmental issues with us. Uh, Daniel, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, please. Thank you for uh, for joining us today. We, you actually you got in touch with us uh, you know, by email, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We set it up, and you had actually told me that listening to this podcast, you know, being a fan of the show, which is still crazy to me that there are actually people that are fans of the show, that that actually led you into getting involved a little bit into, um, you know, Environment America and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, man, you're shaping young lives. <laughs> nice. So, so dangerous, <laughs> uh, if you only knew. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you tell the Samsonites, let them know kind of what your work is there and, um, you know, maybe a little bit of why you got into it. And then we'll, we'll talk about some of this other stuff. Yeah, so I work at Impact. Um, it's a nonprofit group that does grassroots campaign for the public interest. Um, so we work on issues that vary from like stopping antibiotics in factory farms to uh, the issue that we're going to talk about today, the Grand Canyon uranium mining. So I'm kind of like a freelance campaign organizer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so they hired me, and then they placed me in Virginia, which is where I'm currently at, and I'm like outsourced, I guess, to Environment Virginia, and I'm working on environmental campaigns for them. Um, so I'm doing this, and my coworker is also on an environmental campaign, and she's on global warming. 
Very cool. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I mean, look, that's because you said that you would you were not initially thinking about going into this type of thing after you got out yeah. of college. We we talk about environmental stuff, which is the point of why I talk about it all the time and, and make sure that people understand that global warming and these issues like you just brought up, antibiotics and factory farming and all this stuff, it's all interconnected and it is yeah. a real problem, you know? So what like what's what was the main thing you would say that really hit home to you where you were like, you know what, I should get involved in this and try to you know, make a difference for something that could kill yeah. all of us eventually, you know? Yeah, that's such that's such a hard question. I um so I graduated with a degree in social work. I went to the University of Iowa, um, go Hawks. <laughs> and I guess like you wouldn't really think of environmental work as a traditional social work job. Right. No, but I think um, it is. Like I was just gonna jump in when you said yeah. social work for sure. It's like absolutely there there's pe- people are going to be affected by all these things. So that's, Yeah, yeah. Know. Um and like my senior year, right around the time when I was looking for a uh, placement, like an internship, um, Flint was happening. Right. So all of that was coming out. Um, so then I kind of just got to realize how important um, the EPA and the policy of all of it and big mis- big businesses and shaping all of our lives. Um, I had a focus in affordable housing okay. uh, back in Iowa, but then I realized that, you know, these issues transcend that. Um, environmental justice has been you know, big lately. I'm sure we'll talk about it today, but yeah. 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 And that's the thing. I mean, that's the important thing. It's like, there is a, and not that, you know, urban housing or what, you know, affordable housing. It's like that of course is an issue and it's a big issue that people should be paying attention to, but right. This is stuff that if it's not taken care of in a timely manner is going to be irreversible. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. Like we need people dealing with it. So, um, so yeah. l- like it's funny that you say that actually um i just pulled up an article and it says atmospheric carbon levels past the point of no return so that's yeah. a bright spot yeah no thank you you're bringing a cheer to the podcast today no but that's the truth though i mean i see that stuff all the time and it's it's yeah. dangerous and frustrating that people who you know are skeptical of global warming or just think it's a hoax or some way for al gore to buy a you know a, a rolls royce it's like it's uh it's so dangerous with that type of mentality because you see that stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And again, there is a tipping point and I feel like we're, we're approaching that and it's important that people like you and, and you know, other people are are paying attention to this thing. Um, so the, the real, the main issue that you actually got in touch about, and we're going to touch on some other stuff, but is this uranium mining at the grand Canyon? Um, yeah. Why don't you talk about that? Cause that's not really something we've talked about on the show. And I don't know if that's, something that a lot of people are paying attention to, but it's definitely a worthwhile yeah. thing. Um, it's kind of taken a backseat, I guess, to the craziness of, you know, the election and the Dakota pipeline. Right. Which um, that I definitely want to talk about as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly important. So in um, 2012, the Obama administration put a 20 year ban on new mines um, because there were 8,000 claims on uranium mines around the Grand Canyon. Right. Um, and the Bureau of Land Management pretty much allowed uranium mines to be opened there that had been abandoned by previous owners during the 1980s. But the catch with all of that was they didn't require any revisions to um, environmental assessments. So people could pretty much just open up uh, uranium mines and kind of just go nuts with it. Right. Mm. And the, um, the, the 1980s uranium mines, I got to assume, was more for nuclear Weapons yeah, and like after yeah. Cold War, World War II, stuff like that. Right. Um, so we saw health effects from that, certainly. 
a lot of Navajo workers were, um, you know, higher risks of cancer, uh, asthma, things like that. Yeah. Um, and currently there's, I think like one mine that's open, but they're pushing, um, I guess we'll get into this too. Prosper is pushing for the uh, moratorium to be put out of effect. Yeah. Um, and what we're doing is asking for President Obama before his term is up, because we don't know what will happen with the election. We're asking him to declare the land a national monument, right. um, which he's done in the past before. He's already declared 30, which is more than any other president ever before. Right. And I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing when you're talking about a Grand Canyon, the Grand Canyon site, yeah. the area around it, that's everybody's land. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that's earth. You can't possibly just go in there. And that's, a, a, a you know, we talk about it all the time on the show, the corporate corporate interests and, you know, yeah. turning public things private. This is a prime example of that. And you, you know, we talked a little bit before we, uh, you know, we started recording the Koch brothers are a big part of this uranium mining. Why are they trying to get back into the uranium mining? It's not for nuclear weaponry, but it could be for nuclear power or different things like that. Yeah. So um, I think around in 2006, the price for uranium uh, started to rise because people were looking for an alternative to gas and oil. Um, and naturally they went with, I guess, the next most dangerous thing they could find, which is uranium. Right. Um, so they've been, uh, what's it called? it's like a shadow money group, um, called Prosper Inc. It's Arizona based, um, and they're funded by the Koch brothers. So they're trying to overturn this, um, ban. So they're pretty much just like an anti-park effort. Yeah. Um, and they just say that, say, say, say that again, an, a, a, an anti-park effort. Anti-park effort. You yeah. gotta be such a fucking psycho. You know, I like the way that that's phrased though, because all like all the uh, you know the big oil rigs and shit. We should just call them anti-ocean yeah. efforts, because it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anti-park. You're such a piece of shit. Uh, and it's unbelievable too. I mean, like they say that it's the government overstepping their bounds and it brings industry to the area, but tourism already brings seven hundred million dollars to the area. You know, people are going with their families to see like. The California condor, um, which would be endangered if mines were allowed to continue, because obviously animals don't know if waterways are polluted. Like, right. they can't read signs. Listen, that's those dumb animals' fault. I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but they're not paying attention. And, you know, no, of course, absolutely right. I mean, at a certain point, again, it's putting a price on stuff that is essentially priceless. Like, once something's gone, it's gone. Once you start, you know, uranium mining in the Grand Canyon, What what's the next thing? You know, it's only a matter of time before, uh, you know, they oh, discover yeah. the next thing they want to drill. So the, that's, yeah. that's the problem. That's the premise of our campaign, too. Like, if we can't save the Grand Canyon, which is literally one of the seven wonders of the world, I mean, what can we do? Right, what can you rally people around for sure? Joe, you had a question? Yeah, yeah hi, Daniel. A uh, quick question for yeah. you. Could you explain a little bit about the water pollution that's involved from the mining? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uranium in and of itself isn't inherently dangerous. Um, but when they start... When you let the Iranians it, get it, it's extremely dangerous. Very bad. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, when it's kind of released into the waterway, um, it can pollute aquifers. Um, but the mining industry says the effects are virtually non-existent. So they kind of rely on people to know that the EPA... Um, 
doesn't require wells to measure water pollution more than a thousand feet underground, so they're drilling further than that. Yeah. Oh. Um, and already 15 springs and five wells within the Grand Canyon's watershed have um, toxic levels of uranium. I think in one specific sample, the concentrations were 1,200 times uh, the safe maximum. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Um, yeah. That's you know that's what's crazy too about like you, you know the more you start paying attention to environmental issues or you see really just how corporations and you know a profit driven mindset operates in any area you see that they you know a corporation is willing to do this type of stuff where it's like okay they're going to measure down to a thousand feet so we'll just drill at 1200 feet or whatever like they're always trying to find a way around it and then they act like the people that are alarmed about it are the crazy ones but it's like they're spending all their time trying to find ways to get around the safety you know measures and the the you know whatever the restrictions that people are rightfully putting on this stuff it's it's insane to me that people don't accept that yeah and you must you you're working in it you see it all the time i'm sure oh my god yeah it's insane um and just i guess like the scale of this too. I mean, 25 million people rely on the Colorado river for drinking water. Mm. I just don't understand how somebody can like do that mental gymnastics to say that they need to be doing this. And we're not against uranium mining by itself, but I guess not in locations that are so volatile like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the Colorado river thing because we were, uh, you know, we talked last week for a little bit and I was just out in Las Vegas. I was at the, uh, the Hoover dam and you know that you could, the Colorado River is right there. That's that's what they've diverted to, to run th- through there, and it provides water for California, New Mexico, Las, you know, Nevada, like all, all these Arizona. Um, yeah, you're you're risking all these people, and then years down the road, when people are all of a sudden getting sick and they're getting cancer, they go, "Well, what the fuck happened? Why was nobody paying attention?" Well, uh, they are paying. There was attention. mining. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a complete lack of foresight on everybody's part. Um, like you were saying at the beginning, it's so much easier to prevent something than to fix something. Right. They've been trying to clean up the water that has been currently contaminated for like years now, and it's just been millions of dollars to really no avail. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Once I mean, once it's in there, what are you going to do? It's like you can't yeah. just dump the river out and start over. It's what it's going to be. So. Um, did you have any, anything to do? This is just like off topic a little bit. Did you have anything to do with or know about, um, the, the like gold leak or something that I think was in the Colorado river? It was a while ago. Uh, they were doing like gold, gold mining or something. It was, it was some, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just off base with that, but yeah. Minor 49er. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember. It was a story a while ago, but I probably shouldn't even have brought it up because I don't remember specifically, but anyway, the, um, so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, unless you had something else to say about the uh, the uranium mining, I mean, you're going to give your plugs and everything at the end of this if there's places. Yeah, to yeah, I might and... give some people actions if they're um, they want to take action on this. So there's some options. Cool. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely make sure to get into that. But I wanted to talk about the um, the uh, North Dakota pipeline as well because I've mentioned yeah. it on the podcast. I mentioned I think that Jill Stein and uh, Ajamu Baraka were were arrested there, mm-hmm. and that you know there there are the the Sioux Indians, I believe, are protesting it. But we haven't gotten into it too deeply. So if you want to let people know about what the situation is there, um, you know, we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So um the Dakota Access Pipeline is a eleven hundred mile pipeline, I think it's like eleven seventy, um, that at its peak capacity would deliver over five hundred seventy thousand barrels of crude oil from North Dakota to Illinois. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess there are two issues with that. First, the pipeline would pass under the Missouri River, just half a mile upstream of, I think it's the Sioux, um, their reservation boundary, where a spill would just be culturally horrible since there's so many historic sites there. Right. Um, and just bad for the environment. And second, um, the pipeline is kind of the first point, too, but it would pass through areas of cultural significance like sacred sites and burial grounds um, that federal law itself seeks to protect. Right. Right. I mean, when, when you talk to people about this stuff or, or if you, you know, I don't know if you're talking to people that are, you know, on the opposite side of things, what argument, like when you say sacred burial grounds and you say it's going to affect these people's tribal lands, whatever, does that even register or is that just something where they're like, yeah, okay. Well, so um, what? well since I'm not on this as a campaign organizer, I can be more like free speaking about it. Right. Um, and I'm in Virginia, like kind of in a college town. So when I do mention the sacred sites and the burial grounds, I think students really connect more deeply with that. Um, yeah. I think like my 40-year-old uncle doesn't really care. But right. I think it all depends on like the crowd you're catering to. Some people do care that it's sacred sites, but I mean, it's such a big issue that there's so many points you can draw from. Right. You know, have have you noticed that people are, let me think about how I want to phrase it, like, Gas prices have gone down dramatically over the last, whatever, year mm-hmm. or two. It's like, do you notice that there's a difference with people? Because, like, originally the argument I could see being like, listen, gas prices are sky high. We got to do what we got to do. Like, have you seen that argument disappear a little bit? And, like, what is the the most common argument that you hear other than, like, create jobs or whatever? Or if that's what it is. Yeah. Um, man, I don't. I don't know if people really do have an argument for it. Everybody I know just seems to be in support of it, um, throwing around like lengths to fund it. And I mean, just like the cultural significance of it, the Standing Rock Sioux, this is the largest gathering of Native Americans in more than 100 years. Yeah. Um, so when people see that, I guess they feel more connected with it. Um, people do say that it does bring jobs um, and that they're like just good for the economy, but that's, I don't know. That just seems like such a lazy argument. Yeah, of course. Well, because I mean, look, I don't want to, I mean, whatever, we're going to get into the debate coverage later and all that stuff, but that is a huge, that's the Republican argument most of the time. And I mean, not the Democrats don't talk about middle-class jobs and things like that, but the arguments like the economy's terrible. We have to focus on jobs, but how many jobs would this create anyway? Permanent jobs? Like the, I, no, I know yeah. that the, the XL pipeline, you know, they talk about thousands of jobs, but it would really be 12, 15 permanent yeah. jobs, you know? So I got to imagine it's similar in, in cases like this. So it's really a straw man argument. Yeah. And kind of like my favorite point about this is we were talking about how um, deep they had to dig for the Grand Canyon uh, uranium mines. Yeah. Um, do you know how the Army Corps of Engineers has been like getting away with permits for all this? No. Um, so they've been using this thing called Nationwide Permit 12. Um, and from what I understand, it's a blanket permit for pipelines up to a half acre of impact. So it's kind of like pre-issued. Um, right. They don't have to like submit to specific uh, specificities. So the Corps has been treating this 1,200-mile pipeline like a series of half-acre projects that each mm. half-acre qualifies under that exemption. Oh. <laughs> Sneaky motherfucker. See, but that we yeah. just talked about in the last episode. We were talking about, or maybe two episodes ago, around 9-11, we were saying they gave Bush the use of force, and it was basically just like a blank yeah, check, which is what you're talking about. It's like you can see the shit. It, perv- it, it just permeates every 
layer and you can see the, the connection between that corporate mindset, that lobbyist mindset in government and right back the other way. Cause like clearly that's not multiple projects you're working on one. You know what I would do if I was president or if I had some kind of say over it, like mm-hmm. just a total authority over it, I would go, okay, it's separate projects. You're not allowed to connect those. <laughs> you can build yeah. them all you want, but you can't connect them. That's fine. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But, but it shouldn't that really be the case. Like, how yeah. are they getting away and, with that? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just a complete disregard for, I guess, out of minorities in this country. Is that okay to say on this podcast? Oh, yeah. you're um, Totally. But that's what it is. But that's kind of what I was asking about the, the tribal land or whatever. It's, that's a group where people can just go, well, whatever, there's just the fucking Indians. Who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> and people keep saying that, like, you see the same, from what I've noticed in reading all these articles um, from the Dakota Pipeline, from uranium mining from uh, Indiana and Flint, everybody says the same thing. They say, well, the impact is virtually non-existent or it's not a very high risk. But when you're like gambling with people's lives and their clean water, wouldn't you want that risk to be zero before doing anything? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Uh, absolutely. And that's the, and meanwhile, all that shit is just based on we hired this scientist or we hired this group and they did a study and it fits what we need them to say. It's not actually that there's no impact. And really, even if the process itself, which I'm not conceding, but let's just say, you know, just for the sake of argument, if the process itself wasn't dangerous, the potential down the road for an accident or whatever is extremely dangerous. And the percentage chance of that happening is very high. So even if it's not today, oh, yeah. 10 years down the road, 20 years, and then 50, 100 years because the impact is never going to go away. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah. The first Keystone XL pipeline, it was supposed to be the safest one ever built, and it spilled oil 12 times in its first year. Right. And and good, and that's the thing. It's like, how long does that environmental impact last? You know, all, the, yeah. the impact is so much more, is multiplied so much more than... Uh, you, you know, like what happens because of one fuck up, it's it, it just, it's crazy the impact that that can have. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Um, Let's see. What else do we want to get into here? Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Because, I mean, this is great. Like, I, I, you know, we should probably do this more often, frankly, mm-hmm. because I talk about yeah. this stuff a lot. I, you work in the, the you know, in this area and clearly, clearly you're knowledgeable about it. I mean, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Let me ask you this actually, now that, now that I'm just rambling along, uh, do you work with any, or do you know any politicians? Like what, what kind of like interaction have you had with them? And has that been positive? Um, it's crazy. I, in my like second week of the job, I went to like this environmental assembly. Um, I met like the governor of Virginia. I met a senator. I met the mayor of Charlottesville. What, met, like, was that Terry McAuliffe at the time? Yeah, it's it's still Terry McAuliffe. Yeah, no, I know, but um, I mean, when you were there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like few like House representatives um, on the state level. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. Yeah, it's inter- Isn't it weird? Like when they just let you around people that you. Yeah. know about and you're like well yeah. i don't know why i should necessarily be here but here i am i didn't know my meeting with uh, the governor was going to be like one-on-one so you I had a one-on-one t-shirt. meeting with the governor of virginia it was it That's was awesome. like three-on-one there was like a few of my coworkers. okay don't lie um, okay, Daniel, <laughs> yeah yeah sorry and i like <laughs> i just wore a t-shirt i don't know i felt real dumb oh really <laughs> what it, what was that like i mean did you was it sort of just like a, a meet and greet type of thing or did you have a real like conversation about Certain issues. Um, we per- so we've been organizing for a clean power plan in Virginia, um, 
And so we presented him with like a book of photos of people with signs that said, um, thank you, McAuliffe, for the clean power plan, like thousands of pictures. Right. Um, so we kind of gave that to him and he asked us some questions about like what he could do as far as clean power in the state goes. Um, you could definitely tell he's a politician. He's a really nice guy, but he was very like well-spoken and prepared happy yeah i was gonna ask like that's the thing do you get the sense when you talk to a guy like that i mean you don't have to be like specific to terry mcauliffe but just like if you've talked to politicians like do you get the sense that they're like when they say hey what can i do like are they really asking are they just like tell me your thing i'm going to the next thing and like you know the decision's not gonna be made at that moment you know that's tough i guess like um it depends there were there, there have been a few where i kind of felt like they were just um, since they're running for another office or running for a re-election and I'm working in their district, I feel like they kind of feel like they have to listen to me. Right. Um, but there have been times where they legitimately seemed interested in the issue and wanted to move forward with it. Um, McAuliffe himself has been really open to listening more about clean power. So that's been great. That is good. Yeah. He's a, uh, I believe like friends with the Clintons, but he's certainly a supporter of hers. And I think he worked with her on a couple of the campaigns, whatever. So that's good to know that even, you know, somebody like that, that potentially could be around, uh, could be in the the next president. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing, man. It's, uh, I don't know. It's interesting when you, like you're saying, they're running for different things. They know you're a constituent. So it's like, it depends what room they're in. Maybe necessarily like, who the, you know yeah. how, how receptive they're going to be but you have to assume that people that have gotten to that level you know he's a governor of a state or whatever you become a congressman or whatever like you have to have some kind of natural curiosity about things and you have to be able to understand yeah. these issues so it's really frustrating especially when you know different people uh, that have been elected come out and go well we, we you know we're still out on climate change mm-hmm. but they're not they have to know and like these yeah. these com- like the Koch brothers they're billionaires. They get research. They know what's going on. Exxon knows what's going on. They know what they're doing is having an impact, but they, in the face yeah. of that, are like, yeah, we can make billions of dollars here, so I think we should just ignore that. Yeah, that's yeah. why this whole Grand Canyon thing is so frustrating, just because um, a lot of the people in that state are more conservative, um, or as far as the legislators go. Right. A recent survey came out that like 80 to 90% of Arizonans, is that right? Arizonans, whatever. That sounds um, right to me. Arizonians? Hmm. Arizonians, that's probably more right. We'll make it up. Um, They support creating this monument. So as a politician in that state, why would you not take your constituency into account with all this? Oh, yeah. Well, it's what we talk about all the time because that's not their constituency. (laughs) Mm. It's that simple. You know, and that's that's when you look at an issue like this, it becomes extremely clear. Like you just asked the right question. If 90% of the people you represent are like, no, make this a monument. We don't want drilling there. uh, And you are going to vote for the, you know, to overturn the moratorium. Who are you representing them? Because you're doing what they want, not these people. You're paying lip service yeah. to them, you know. And that's man, that's become so much more prevalent, uh, you know, everywhere. Joe, you're going to ask a question there? Or? No, I'm good for now. Oh, okay. He he raised his hand as though he was about to say something, but well, I I did actually wanted to ask. Um, so yes, you do have a question. Okay, yes, I do have a question. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Um, I, I wondered if you could get into a, a little bit about the Indian tribes around the uh, Grand Canyon situation. Yeah, I can talk a little bit about it. I'm obviously not an expert on it. Are you um, serious? All right, oh. we're done. This call is over. No, I'm just kidding. It's a lot of things going on in this job. I just have to be kind of good at everything. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, how, like, how prepared did you feel? Like, day one, were you like, 
oh shit like i gotta learn a lot about all this stuff because it's not something that you initially plan oh on getting man into. it's the first week was just homework right right yeah um so as far as the tribes in the area there's um i believe the navajo were impacted we're working specifically with the havasu and the havasupai mm-hmm. um who i guess primarily rely on the water sources there um, and the water sources that they rely on are um, most at risk from the Orphan Mine, um, which is one of the only mines, maybe the only mine left open still, um, that's still drilling, um, and they haven't reached their maximum depth yet. Um, but yeah. And w- w- meaning w- they haven't reached their maximum depth, meaning nothing is actually being pulled out of that yet. They're just drilling. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hmm. <sighs> Joey, any uh, you got any anything else over there? Yeah, I was wondering if you had like any relations with anyone from Arizona in the House of Representatives. Um, like me personally, or yes. our organization? Uh, both. Uh, me personally, no. Um, when I did start this job, we had like a training, um, and we had this thing where we just went out to the Southwest and kind of organized around this issue. Um, so I was in New Mexico, actually. Um, I'm sure some of my coworkers did work with Arizona, uh, Arizonians. Um, I know there's one legislator in particular, his name's escaping me right now, but he's a representative, um, and he's pushing um, to protect the park and asking Obama. He brought it up initially to, like, the state legislature, um, and they obviously didn't go through with it. So now he's just trying to um, bring it to a federal level. I guess one of the concerns that people have is uh, the election coming up. And there's a senator running. There's a person running for senator in Arizona who's a Democrat. Um, and I personally think she's kind of hesitant to speak about this issue um, because of the conservative base in the state. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, like, it, it's it's funny. It's almost ironic. I mean, I don't know if it's ironic, but it's interesting that a lot of these issues, you know, c- come up in these conservative states. Like, all, this, all these places that tend to be in conservative states. And so to even try to get some of that stuff done, like you're saying, with a Democrat, it becomes exponentially more difficult there because in the face of an election, they don't want to yeah. come out and be like, you know, the hippie protecting the the Grand Canyon yeah. and the, the Native Americans. But it's like, but that's or anti-jobs really, for that matter. Yeah, anti-job, absolutely. But that's always a, a cudgel that, you know, people hold. But but yeah. I have uh, one more thing for um, Joey, since you asked about the tribes. Yeah, please. Um, mm-hmm. So the Havasupai in particular, um, they're the ones that are most affected by this, I believe. Um, and they have, I think, 518 acres of land. No, they have much more than that. They recently got um, 188,000 acres of land. Um, There's around like 650 people in the tribe. Um, And the number one, I guess, like employment for them is tourism, which obviously this impacts Mm. too. Right. Yeah. If if everything's destroyed and people are showing up and the air quality is terrible and people are getting sick, yeah, nobody's going to be involved in that. That's amazing. And and isn't that really interesting too? I mean... you know, we can wrap up in a, in a minute, but the, you know, that their, their number one thing that they're going to do is tourism. They native Americans and like the culture and the history is respecting the land and being, you know, uh, 
you know, people who, who, who live as part of the world as opposed to like trying to dominate the whole thing. And isn't that interesting that even still <laughs> what they're going to, to make a living doing and how they're able to survive is by being like, Hey, look at this beautiful thing. Don't mm. destroy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, listen, this is uh why don't you, before we even do that, why don't you tell people if they want to get involved, if they're interested in, in signing something and go online or, or whatever, tell people what they can do to like help out with any of these causes or, or get involved in a different way. Yeah. So, um, one thing in particular that we're doing, um, that's pretty easy for people to do is, uh, call the white house. Um, uh, the number for that is two Oh two four five six one 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 um and we've been having people ask um or leave a comment for the operator um telling them your name uh where you're from i guess like a little bit about yourself and that you support creating the grand canyon um heritage national monument um because obviously that makes a difference all those messages are related to president obama's staff Right. Um, and that's easy, man. It's like, calls. yeah, it's like, just call that number and you go, Hey, what's up? My name is Chris. I support the national, uh, say it again. Uh, greater grand Canyon heritage national monument, the greater grand Canyon national heritage monument. Boom. There you go. Yeah. I don't want the Koch brothers mining in there. Thanks BO. And then just hang up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one thing. We also have a petition online, which is super easy to sign. It takes like a few seconds. Um, do you think the best way for that would be for me to leave the link like in the comments of your podcast? Yeah, that'd be perfect. I mean, if you send it to me or whatever, I could put it in the description too. But yeah, def- I mean, oh, definitely. That'd be that. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll send that to you. Um, and that takes like a few minutes. And I mean, thousands of petitions do make a difference. Um, and I mean, what better way for him to top off his legacy than protecting the Grand Canyon? I mean, that Teddy Roosevelt protected himself like the yeah, 1900s. Yeah. Crazy. No, absolutely. I mean, it, there couldn't be a be- like literally or figuratively a bigger symbol of you know yeah. the 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 middle of this country and and you know environment yeah it's the it's the grand canyon people travel there to go see it it's like why would we even consider destroying that yeah it's a very worthwhile yes yeah. um all right man well let me tell you something this was great i really like talking to you we did a, almost a half hour here we, we were like oh we'll do 15 wow. minutes yeah no it was really good um, yeah, that was awesome. Joey, you had a nice time talking to Daniel. Fantastic right? time. Thank I, you so much. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think we'd love to, you know, make this more of a regular thing for sure. Could we yeah, just get the um, White House number one more time now? Good call, Joey. Yeah, definitely. It is uh, 202-456-1111. So four ones at the end. Awesome. Um, all right, man. Thank you so much. Be sure to send me that uh, that link. I'll put it in the description so yeah. you can check it out. And uh, stay in touch, man. I, I'd love to, uh, you know, get updates about this and anything else on yeah. your radar. Just just keep me posted. Hey, we could always talk more. This isn't uh, episode 100, is it? No, no. You, you're two away. We're on this is episode 98, wow. MSP so 98. Close. All right. <laughs> you should have uh, Tommy Laren on for 100. Uh, if you know her, uh, feel free to throw her my way. I'd love to talk to sweet Tommy Laren. She's my favorite person right. in the world. I'll throw uh, her a message. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, I mean it. Stay in touch. We, we should do this again. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, bud. Bye. All right. We're back here. We uh, we just got off the phone with Daniel Lieberman. We took a quick second to regroup for the next part of the show. Joey, what did you think about that? That was pretty fun, It was right? fantastic. A lot of information. Yeah. Good dude. We're definitely going to... Look, he started off the right way by telling me that you know we helped him get into all this stuff, so... 
he buttered my as Jay Tray would say, he feathered my nuts. He buttered mm. my biscuits. So I knew it was uh he knew the right way to go about it. No, but I really appreciate it. Definitely knows what he's talking about. And um we should for sure have him have him call in with more uh more information in the future. Absolutely. I love it. Um all right. You want to get into some of this other stuff? I, look, that interview, good interview, goes long. I thought it was going to be like 15 minutes. We do, th- you know, 35 minutes. We're like little chatty Cathy's mm-hmm. here. Uh, the debate coverage, God knows, is going to be long. It's going to be a long episode. It's it's great. Let's let's do I'm, it. I'm saying, are you prepared? You yes. ready to do this thing? All right. Uh, first thing I want to get to here, like I said, we have a, a number of quick hits uh, that we're going to get into off the top of the show. Last Friday, Chelsea Manning was sentenced to 14 days in solitary confinement for her attempted suicide in July. The quote from Chelsea Manning, I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling lonely. I'm embarrassed by the decision. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's... See, my issue with this is wouldn't this, like, if they go through the sentence and do this to her, put her in the confinement, the solitary confinement is not just going to worsen her mood and make might home inclined to do something she wouldn't be willing. Yeah. Of of course. Wanting to be doing. Yes, obviously. I mean, of course, um, you know, she got the good news recently that they're going to allow her to do the gender reassignment surgery and, and live as a woman, which is good. Um, but yeah, of course this is insane to me. This is cruel and inhumane punishment, right? I mean, how, how is it not, no. You have a per- like we talked about it I guess last week or a couple of weeks ago that being in j- the the being in jail is the punishment. <laughs> Adding to that makes it cruel and unusual punishment. It's like and then yes, on top of that you you take somebody that's gone through a, an extremely difficult, you know, several years whatever has you know, a disconnect with the body that she was born with and how she feels tries to kill herself over the bad treatment she's gotten and yeah now they're just gonna put her away alone for for two weeks to you go think about it it's like what that doesn't help first of all how in 2016 america are we allowing a suicide attempt to be punished yeah how's that a punishable offense are you crazy that's a cry for help that's i need help i don't know what to do which on numerous occasions she has you know, told the world, I need yes. help. Yes, and it's not like it's not documented, right? Of course. And on top of that, it's somebody that did the right thing and should get a pardon and shouldn't be in there to begin with. So, okay, but even take that off the table, right? This is somebody that, yeah, it, it's it's terrible. Look, 14 days, it's not 30 days, it's not 40, you know, you didn't know what it was going to be. But solitary confinement is brutal. It's the, it breaks people. It's the wrong way. And it can have lasting damage. You know, I mean, it, like irreversible, like we're talking about with all the, uh, you know, the climate stuff. Solitary confinement can cause irreversible damage to a person. And, and for her to have to go through this again, already having been through it for, for years, not being sentenced and all that stuff. It's, in, it's insane to me. And the fact that that doesn't get the coverage that, you know, I mean, frankly, even the debate gets is uh, pathetic to me. It is. All right. So keep, I mean, there's not, there's nothing we could do about that. I mean, she gets to appeal it, you know, so it's not going into effect right now. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, fucking any amount of time uh, as a punishment is absurd to me. (sighs) Ahmad Khan Rahami, Joey. Mm -hmm. Remember this guy? He was the New York City, New Jersey bomber. According to an exclusive report by The Guardian, Ahmad Rahami spent time at the Khan Kuma Naksha Bandi, Naksh Bandi 
madrasa on two visits to Pakistan. Uh, that that uh, religious seminary is closely associated with the Afghan Taliban. Reportedly, he received lectures and Islamic education there. Thoughts? I wonder what that would exactly entail. Well, I don't know. But it's like an extremist ideology. The point being, we are trying to tie him to ISIS, but it turns out probably not ISIS. Seems like, if anything, he was spending time in Afghanistan or Pakistan with the Taliban, which is a totally different group of people with a totally different ideology uh, in a totally different, not totally different, but a different part of the world. We need to make the, the reason that's what the reason why I bring that up. We need to make those distinctions. Stop just using the word ISIS or terror. No, they're different groups. If you understand them as different groups, you can understand them, period. And then maybe you'd have a better chance of stopping some of this shit. Let's not just be the they're all fucking terrorists. Okay, but this is a different group. This is, the Taliban is, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but they're more of a government kind of like tribal leadership group that does other obviously they mm-hmm. you know that that deals in terrorism and different attacks and stuff but that's a different thing entirely than isis i i just feel that right now um probably there's a bunch of people that don't want any information to get out whatsoever regardless of which group it is what do you mean like who what do you said well apparently the pakistani security agencies yeah oh yeah have been they, trying to hide all details of his visits. Yeah, well, I mean, because they, I believe it's the ISI, right? It's the Pakistani intelligence. They, yeah, of course. The big, that's the big problem. And that's why it was strange or not so strange to see Bin Laden's compound, like, real close to essentially their West Point in Pakistan. Yeah, because they're all, like, the government is still is infiltrated by people that have these extremist ideologies, too. That That's the dirty secret about Pakistan. We're giving them so much uh, aid. They have nuclear weapons, but... They're they're tied up in the whole thing too. We just can't go after them because they have nuclear weapons. That's yeah. really the problem. So we indirectly attack Afghanistan or completely off track attack Iraq. But like Pakistan's really part of the issue there, and and their leadership is tied up in it to an extent. I'm not saying they're completely like that, but certainly their intelligence officers have something to do with this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they definitely don't want that to get out. Uh, uh no, good. Um, I this you know. The foreign leaders thing kind of got me thinking. Um, did you hear what happened with the Gary Johnson thing? I did, yeah. Yes. Don't, don't you think that's odd that he wasn't able to name one foreign leader? Well, it wasn't wasn't able to name one foreign leader. I mean, he could probably name a foreign leader. It was asked, was it, what was he specifically asked? Like, what, what foreign leader do you, like, admire yes. or respect or whatever? Yeah, he probably should have had one of those teed up. Definitely. Um but, I mean, now we're at a point where, see, because here's the frustrating thing. The guy fought to get on TV to do, like, it was on MSNBC or whatever. I didn't yes. see it. But, yeah, I mean, they actually put him on TV and, like, let him have a, although, fuck them, too, and fuck the mainstream media because, oh, I, I use the Sarah Palin phrase, you know, the, the media, now that the first debate happened and there's no chance that he's going to get on one, now they're like, yeah, go ahead, get on TV, buddy. You get to say whatever you want because, like, it doesn't matter at this point. But, yeah, he probably should have had uh, something queued up. Yeah. Or... What difference does it make? You know, like at a, at a, maybe at a certain point, what difference is there isn't somebody that he do, admires in leadership around the world? Like, who, who cares? Yeah. If they really wanted to get him, they should have been like, can you name the president of blah, blah, blah? And then if he can't do it, then you're like, okay, what other things doesn't he know? But not being able to say something that, that you'd admire. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a different thing. Not knowing Aleppo, that's horrific. Yeah. Because the situation in Aleppo is 
catastrophic. I mean, there's thousands of people, kids are being killed, thousands of people there. It's, it is hell on earth for these people. And that's not even something that gets talked about at all. Other than to be like, Gary Johnson doesn't know shit about Aleppo. Like he doesn't know what it is. Um, which we'll probably get into next week. Cause I have a bunch of stuff saved about Aleppo and we'll talk about it. Mm. But, um, what, what do you think about Gary Johnson there? I think he's dropping the ball. Like he's trying to get every opportunity to be on television and be part of that debate. And he keeps on finding ways to fuck it up. Yeah. But maybe, okay. But maybe he's proving that he's not really qualified. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just feel that... Well, who, did anybody ask Trump that? No. Why not? Do you think he has one queued up? Yes. Vladimir you know, Putin. You know who does? I do. I have one. <laughs> she has one. Yeah, I, I guarantee Trump, you know, does not... Yeah, exactly. Putin. Putin might be his answer. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, all right. Listen, let's get to this. You ready for this? Yes. For the first time in his presidency... Congress, which is incredible, by the way, only once. Yes. For the first time in his presidency, Congress overwrote, excuse me, Polar Seltzer Raspberry Pink Lemonade. This is the last of my summer flavors. It's getting a little chilly here in Manhattan. Uh, We're getting into the fall. I hope they release some kind of pumpkin pumpkin spice seltzer. So (laughs) gross. For the first time in his presidency, Congress overrode one of Barack Obama's vetoes, overturning his veto of the bill to allow 9-11 victims' families to sue Saudi Arabia 97 to 1 in the Senate. Harry Reid was the one against that. Uh, 348 to 77 in the House. Bipartisan agreement, which is apparently possible. Uh, The last time Congress went eight years, Joey, without a veto was the Kennedy-Johnson administration in the 60s. So Hmm. this is tip like this happens, but it's the first time it's happened to Obama just a few months before he leaves office. Uh, What do you, I have some quotes here. Just thoughts on this. I mean, should we be suing Saudi Arabia? Um, I feel that there was a good reason why Obama didn't want this to go through. And I think it has to do with legitimizing uh, frivolous lawsuits. Uh-huh. Because I feel that it could come to the point where this could be a foreign issues fiasco that if we accidentally, let's say, you know, did the drone bombings mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Yeah. The people might sue the United States government, and this sets a bad precedence because why can you sue one country and not the other? One hundred percent. Well, and here's the here's the thing, and isn't that adorable? The the Congress votes like overturns the veto to allow the nine eleven victims' families to sue Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. because that looks good. It's like it's nine eleven, baby. Right? It's nine eleven, baby. But they're putting themselves in harm's way because these are the dummies that authorize. The, the 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 drone programs and and all this stuff like torture and war and all this crap right which is really what they're talking when Obama because I have a quote here we'll read it but when he's when they say frivolous or like not so serious they're t- they are talking about people suing the United States for blowing up their wedding party with a drone strike yes accidentally when they were trying to get the collateral damage all mm-hmm. that shit that's what they're afraid they're gonna get sued for waterboarding Guantanamo Bay. But shouldn't we? <laughs> shouldn't we? Shouldn't somebody be held accountable? I don't care if it's Ahmed, whoever the fuck from wherever the fuck, suing the press. Like, good. Somebody needs to be held accountable for this because apparently the government is just going to do what they want. They're not going to listen to the American people. They're not going to li- listen to international law. Somebody's got to be held accountable for this shit. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, but Matt gave me a face when I said Ahmed, whoever the fuck from wherever the fuck. But that people know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um. <laughs> See, that might be a good title. 
Okay, I'm not writing that down. <laughs> Matt's gonna do it. That's that's what he's doing. We yeah. had a big talk with him yeah. before the show. Um, see, I find it funny that the politicians, you know, Congress and the House, all have voted yes. Well, except for uh, a few voted. A few. Them. Okay, seventy nine people said no. Seventy eight. Yeah. Okay, seventy eight people said no. Now the interesting thing is they're not the ones that are going to be held liable if the government is sued. Do you know who's going to be held liable if the government is sued? Who's that, Joe? The taxpayers. Why? Well, because we'd have to pay it out. Because we have to pay it out. No, of course. Absolutely. Uh, Yes. Well, but that's always the case. Right. Of course. That's insane. Well, I mean, I guess they're banking on the fact that, like, it's not going to matter. Like, they can sue Saudi Arabia. But, like, here's the thing. And and then, two, I I like to ask this question is, how the hell would you enforce it? Well, that's what I was just going to say. That's the problem. So you sue Saudi Arabia, I guess, in an American court. And you win, and you say, "Okay, Saudi Arabia, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia now owes this give me the money fifty billion dollars." Saudi Arabia will go, "Uh, "No, (laughs) we're not giving you that money." Right? They're not. They're under no jurisdiction that they'd have to do that. They'd have to be sued at the Hague. Like, how? What would they do? They'd have to go to like an international criminal court. It's not going to happen. But it's. But again, it's a symbolic. You know, it's a symbolic thing, and it certainly opens up the idea that, which I guess I'm not entirely against. I, I think it'd be interesting to see. Although I guess you you run the risk then it's like a freak show you have you know people who are legitimately terrorists I guess suing the United States I don't know but whatever but why not I mean they they fall under ah I don't know whatever that's that's a whole different argument but um, we'll see what happens with this I have I have some quotes here and let's just hear mm-hmm. those and we'll move on to the next thing Josh Ernest who's the White House press secretary says this is a This is an insane person thing to say. (laughs) I would venture to say that this is the single most embarrassing thing that the United States Senate has done, possibly since 1983. What do you... Really? They they voted for the war in Iraq. Mm -mm. That was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing thing to do. Yeah, I think... Totally wrong. (laughs) I think he's missing a few adjectives in there. He's missing a few few, uh, other embarrassing incidents. Ultimately, these senators are going to have to answer their own conscience and their constituents as they account for their actions today. How? Yeah, I, I, it's just bullshit. Barack Obama. Uh, the concern that I've had has nothing to do with Saudi Arabia per se or my sympathy for nine, excuse me, 9-11 families. It has to do with me not wanting a situation in which we're suddenly exposed. Now listen how he phrases this where we're suddenly exposed to liabilities for all the work that we're doing all around the world and suddenly finding ourselves subject to the private lawsuits in courts where we don't know exactly whether they're on the up and up in some cases. <laughs> He's basically just like, look, we're, we're blowing a lot of fucking people up out there. <laughs> and if they're all going to get to sue us, we're fucked, dude. Like that, all the work we're doing out there. <sighs> That's what he's worried that he's going to get sued for. Or the torture that we've done, all that shit. You think it's good business if Trump becomes president that the United States can all of a sudden be sued for like fuck ups and torture? Listen, if anybody knows or about- Or Hillary, really. Listen, if anybody knows about court cases and suing, it's that man. I'm, the, I'm a master. Listen, I'll mention it in the debate, but we were sued for being discriminatory. Nothing came against us. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get into that. So this is a dangerous precedent, and it's an example of why sometimes you have to do what's hard. And frankly, I wish Congress here had done what's hard. I didn't expect it, because if you're perceived as voting against 9-11 families right before an election, not surprisingly, that's a hard vote for people to take, but it would have been the right thing to do 
All right. John Brennan, the CIA director, says the most damaging consequence would be for those U.S. government officials who dutifully work overseas on behalf of our country. Again, it's all this like coded language of like people that are doing dangerous shit over Mm -hmm. the rest of the world where there's collateral damage like they might be we might be responsible for that now, whereas we're totally not as currently constituted. The principle of sovereign immunity protects U.S. officials every day and is rooted in reciprocity. If we fail to uphold the standard for other countries, we place our own nation's officials in danger. Okay, then maybe if that were the case, we'd have to stop doing all the shit that's bad for us anyway. You might kill one terrorist, but if you kill 14 of his family members and everybody in the village is like, what the fuck? The Americans are doing this, that. That's going to spawn more hatred. Yeah, it's not. Right? Which is supposedly the whole reason they're doing this to begin with. Silly geese. But anyway, final thoughts on that, Joey? Uh, (laughs) I just just want everyone to get along. Oh, Rodney King, we will. Don't worry, we're getting there. We're going to watch the debate. Everybody got along in the debate. I thought it was a very cogent reasonable exciting oh i can't wait yeah we're gonna have to the value of religion this is a really interesting one obviously we talk about this all the time it's something i like to talk about this is very interesting according to a new study the socio now if you want to look it up it's the socio-economic contributions of religion to american society colon an empirical analysis u.s religion joey according to this study is worth 1.2 trillion dollars 1.2 trillion dollars joey is the 15th largest national economy in the world if you made it a national economy what do you think about that before we get into any of this stuff uh i feel that it's very misleading oh how come yes what do you think is misleading that number yes why because the analysis did not take account of the value of financial or physical assets held by the religious group i had that on here yeah i know well so what are you saying so you think the number's higher though oh hell yeah well here's the thing it's value to the united states is it valuable to the united states to not have that property like because that counts churches like i live in manhattan i live right by a, a big church that if you knock that church down and built condos on it or i mean not that I'm like the biggest capitalist fucking pig in the world, but I'm saying it's taking value away from the country that the church is tax exempt. They have this like God oh. knows billion dollar property. So that actually does it. Does it help? Is that actually adding value or is that hurting the value by them taking up this, this property? That's a great point. Thank you very much. That's why I was saving it for last. I was going to bring that up, but it's okay. We get to it. 20 of the top 50 charities in the U S are faith based. With an operating revenue of $45.3 billion, the $1.2 trillion is a higher value than Apple, Amazon, and Google. But what you should be highlighting is the amount of money that was... Don't you tell me what I should be highlighting. Is the the sums of money that was spent by religious organizations on social programs. Go for it. They've tripled in the last 15 years to $9 billion. What? Do you know why that is? I'm assuming the cost of everything keeps on going up. Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. I wasn't like challenging you on that. I was really asking. I mean, my guess would be, well, yeah. I mean, obviously things are more expensive. So if you're going to provide stuff for people, it's going to cost more. But uh, see, because here's the thing. Well, let me, let me, hold yeah, on. Let me just say. Sorry. So I, I think partly why that number has gone up is, um, fewer things are being provided from 
just right, like nonprofit charities and governmental things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people are needed more help. And so of course the church is going to be there, but the church also gets a ton of money from, you know, parishioners and things like that. I think it said two thirds of people that they surveyed, like donated to a church in the last week. Like like people are donating a lot of money. So, okay. But good. My question is, is could we live in a world where religion does a better job of providing for the people than the actual government does. That's a libertarian argument. That's a very libertarian. Like that's something that Gary Johnson would talk about, or certainly Ron Paul has talked about um, where it's like, yeah, the government shouldn't be doing any of that, uh, that we should essentially allow these organizations to do the work in the community that, you know, they, they service. And it's a, you know, a reciprocal thing where it's like, you come to the church, you support us, we support you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I understand that, yeah. but a major flaw I see in it being provided by the religion right. is a lot of times the religion ends up being secular, and what about all the other individuals that might not follow that one belief? Shouldn't it be equal for everybody? Uh, well, no. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think it has to be because, no, you know, this is a, it's a good point, but th- this is precisely one of the arguments that i could see against it and again i'm not somebody that thinks like that should definitely be the case that the government shouldn't do anything but obviously religious groups do you know good work they have soup kitchens and they do that type of stuff and and clothing you know so it's not like they're not doing anything but um shit i lost my train of thought what you were saying oh no i don't think it should be the the church shouldn't be forced to do anything it doesn't want to (laughs) do it's a church you know what i mean I think I, I'm, I'm I'm not look, saying not for us to do anything. I'm saying not helping other individuals that happen to be in the same like area. not a member of that church. Correct. Saying, yeah. Well, here's the thing when, the, you know, there's a lot of arguments like, well, gay marriage can't happen in the church because, you know, it's against church doctrine. Whatever. Fine. Then don't call it gay marriage. Let's just call it gay civil unions and make it exactly the same as what marriage is. But I understand the church not wanting to do it. Like intellectually, I understand it. I think it's bogus, but it's the same idea here. You know, if we're going to allow these groups to exist, if you're going to let people divide themselves of being like, well, I'm a Christian or I'm a this or I'm a that, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, then you have to, then that falls under religious freedom. You have to let them practice it however they want. Otherwise, let's just stop playing this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. have to allow them to to follow their own rules. You're You're letting them do it all the time anyway. But up until now, we want gay people to get married. No, they don't have to get married in a church. I don't think so. As someone that's 100% in favor of, you want to, that argument, what's next? Marry their dog? Yeah, marry your fucking dog. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. You want to marry your dog? Go for it. Is you it want to have eight exempt? wives? Go for it. Well, I think if you have eight wives, I think the benefits you get should be divided by, you know, it, you should get an eighth for each of them, not one whole for each of them. Mm-hmm. But whatever, but that's something you figure. My point being, it's like, I, I'm not against any of that in any way, but if we're going to allow the churches to exist, you got to let them operate the way they want based on their fucking beliefs, you know? Okay. Uh, all right. Two more things, I think, Joey, before we get into this. Oh, yeah, because I have a couple couple things. We're going to do a Terrence Crutcher update. It's a quick one. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Keith Scott shooting. And like I said at the beginning, we're not going to analyze the video necessarily, but you, we've all seen it, and we're going to yes. talk about it. Um, and then I have, like, one thing before we get into the uh, – it's a 2016, like, update that'll segue us into the debate coverage. Let me say this. You watched the debate, right? Yes, I did. Matt, did you see it? 
I did not. I intentionally avoided that. Oh, okay, good. This, this is why we bring him in, because he's perfect to talk about this stuff. All right, I'm going to tell you something, and I saved it for the podcast so you cannot chastise me. Oh, what? I was watching the debate. Oh, and then you, wait, when was it? Wait, what did you, you switch channels or something, right? No, I did not. What day was this, the debate? It was Monday night. Oh, you were watching Raw. I was not watching Raw. Okay. I was. I've been playing Dark Cloud, which is a PS2 game. What is that? It's what? It's an RPG. PS2. Two, PS2 game. Yes, I was playing a classic. You have a PS4. PS2 game that I was. I have a PS3. I. I was paying more attention to the video game than I was playing than the debate. And I thought I should share that with you. Listen, I, I'm not going to chastise you, Joey. I love you. You know that. I brought the notes. Yes. I got the clips. You knew that was going to happen anyway. So what yes, the fuck do you care? You, you were like, yeah, okay, it's going to take care of it. And I did. I, I stayed up late. I, I did all the work I had to do. And then I got to the debate. I watched it. I suffered through it. And we're going to talk about it. So don't worry about it. I'm not okay. mad at you. It's okay. I understand. If I could take notes and play Halo at the same time. You would. I certainly would. But I can't do it. So I ate chips and I watched the debate. So that's what I did. I took notes. All right. Terrence Crutcher update. Officer Betty Shelby was charged with first degree manslaughter after fatally shooting Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa last week. She has been released on $50,000 bond. A first degree manslaughter conviction holds a four year minimum sentence. Uh, There you go. And Oklahoma is actually an 85% state, meaning if you're convicted of something like that, you have to serve 85% of your sentence. Really? Yeah. Huh. Guaranteed that that's but a racist see, thing. <laughs> Guaranteed that the genesis of that was racism. Like, nope, you, you got to stay in jail. Whoever, 85% you know, of yeah, it. Yeah. Like nope, you're not getting out early. Absolutely not. You know, um, they're going to regret it when this white woman goes to jail, though. See, here's my question. When you accidentally do shoot somebody and take their lives. I don't I have don't put that juju on me. I haven't shot anyone. How do you come up with the correct sentence? Should it be six years because she took away somebody who well, had it's a children? Four year minimum. It's a four-year minimum. No, I, I, I understand that. Oh, I don't know. You, you have to see how... But it's four years to life. Yeah, well, she's not going to get life, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. You got to you gotta look through the, the, the facts. How negligent was she? Like, is this something conceivably that, she, that should absolutely not have happened? I don't know if they're going to go that far. Then okay, it's possible that it could happen, but why did it happen? You know, they get that's what the whole thing is about. That's yeah. why these, you know, you got to go on trial for this if it gets there. Um, I don't know. We'll see. There is no way to bring the person back, but you know, how, how other than actually firing the bullet, how culpable is this person, and how long do you think they need to go to jail for? If at all, we'll find out. See, because something in see something that caught my eye is what her lawyer said, Scott Wood. Sure, I'd love to hear it. That she completed a drug recognition expert training and felt, she felt that he was under the influence of PCP. Right. Now, what kind of a nut job do you have to be, by the way, to try to become a drug, like other than somebody that does a lot of drugs so you can spot when somebody else is doing them, like to to just study drugs and be like, nope, that son of a bitch is on PCP. Like, why would you want to even know? I'm assuming in this case, it was provided by the department that they wanted her to receive that training. I'm assuming. Right. You know, it's, uh, of course, but aren't dogs good at that too? <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like that's a job for dogs. Why, why are we training people too? Dogs are just like, nope, you're on coke. I'm not going to laugh at that. Why? What, what do you think? The boys in blue are going to come after us? We're just making a joke. It's okay. No, I did. Somebody lost their lives, Chris. 
I'm not joking about him getting killed. How was that about him? No, I'm what? saying that the, this woman had to go through years of training to be able to be like PCP, cocaine. Meanwhile, dogs learn how to do it. Yes. So it's not that hard. Give her a dog. He could have sniffed the guy and be like, no, he's cool. Well, again, I I, I think it comes to the question where I, th- I honestly, 100% with all my heart, believe that every department needs to go through radical changes and there has to be a threat assessment test. Yeah. I'm having trouble understanding why all these cops already have the guns drawn, ready to shoot. Yeah. Bill Maher... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you, I was going to say, Bill Maher brings it up uh, often where he goes, why all of a sudden is there this expectation that cops can't get hurt? You know what I mean? Like, you're saying, why are they showing up with guns drawn and all this stuff? It's like, it's completely to avoid any potential for getting into some kind of altercation or whatever. They know they can just kill the person and that's going to be the end of it. There isn't a, to me, there's a reasonable expectation that you could get killed or injured as a police officer and going into that job, you have to accept that risk. And on top of that, it's not even in the top 10 most dangerous jobs in the, in the world. Coal mining, firefighting, I think is up there. This isn't one of them. Yep, but it just seems not that I'm taking it. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, why are they coming with guns drawn? Because they're not. They are not taking shit. They're not going to even put themselves in a position where they might get 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 injured. Yeah, but see, I I, I don't understand. I'm not defending it. I'm just how saying. protecting and serving automatically jumps to gun in hand, ready to shoot. Well, we talked about it before. Who are they protecting and serving? <laughs> we talk. We say it with like, who? Why? Why are? Why is the government? You know, not protecting the the Grand Canyon. If most of the people in that area want to protect it, because that's not who they're trying to protect. Th- that's the thing. I think we're seeing that more and more. That when this stuff gets filmed, and especially when it involves a black person, unarmed, even, um, they're more f- focused on how can we make it out of this fine. Yeah. Which, you know, I understand the human instinct to do that, but you chose to get into this profession. You have that uniform. You have that gun. You have that responsibility. You need to be held to a higher standard, not the other way around. You're being called because the citizen, I mean, and obviously this is not the case, but generally you're get you're there because a citizen of, you know, the United States is having a really bad day. Probably <laughs> something bad has happened. They're not doing the best they can. You have to be the one to do that. You can't, it can't be the shoe on the other foot. Yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't be there to begin with. If everybody was just behaving responsibly, then we wouldn't need police yeah, to you, begin with. Correct. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll keep our eye on that, but, but notice this now, and I want to contrast it because in, in North Carolina, there's been a lot of protests, people out. There's been a lot of unrest there. I don't see that in Tulsa. I mean, of course there's been some protests, but they charged her. Things were handled correctly. Nobody came out and immediately was like defending the police. They were like, no, it was a tragedy, you know, and they charged the person. That's the right way to go about it. Yeah. Did not happen in North Carolina. And let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Again, I know I don't want to break down the video, but there's a couple of things I want to say. Last week, uh, amidst protest in Charlotte, North Carolina, after the shooting death of Keith Scott, videos were released of the shooting. The main questions essentially are, did Keith Scott have a gun? If he had a gun, did he point it at the officers in like a threatening manner? Was he being erratic? Uh, and does it even matter? Should he still should he have been shot regardless? Uh, I have a couple of quotes here in the email that we'll get to in a second from Kerr Putney, 
cool name, who's the uh, Charlotte police chief. Did you watch the videos, Joey? The one of them is released by the guy's wife. Yes. Which she filmed on her phone. It's shaky a little bit. It's hard to exactly see what's going on, but you can hear her kind of like narrating the thing. Yes. To me, it seems like Keith Scott's in his car. And according to Kerr Putney, we'll read the foot. Why don't we read the quote and then we'll get into it. Officers were trying to serve a warrant for someone else when they spotted Scott in his car rolling, quote, what they believed to be a marijuana blunt. Uh, They weren't concerned with that, but when they saw that Scott had a weapon, they thought, quote, "Uh uh-oh, this is a safety issue for us and the public. So the police story is this guy's in his car. Mm -hmm. They're on their way to go somewhere else, which we saw with Terrence Crutcher. They see this guy rolling a, a marijuana blunt. He's got his fucking Dutch split open. He's rolling one up. And they are they look in, they're like, all right, we, that, we don't have to worry about that. It's fine. He's just smoking weed. Then they notice a gun somehow on their way to serve this other warrant. And that's why they get involved. The officers did not consider Mr. Scott's drug activity to be a priority. But because of that, the officers had probable cause to arrest him for the drug violation and to further investigate Mr. Scott being in possession of the gun. It was not lawful for him to possess a firearm. There was a crime to be committed and the gun exacerbated the situation. Due to the combination of illegal drugs and the gun Mr. Scott had on his possession, officers decided to take enforcement action for public safety concerns. All right. Thoughts on that? Because I watched the video. I watched her video, the wife's mm-hmm. video, and then I watched the video that the police released, the, the dash cam. I cannot see a gun on the ground around the body at all in these two videos. There's pictures that have been released still frames where you can see a gun, but I got to be honest with you. Those pictures could have been taken at any point. That gun could have just been placed there. I'm not being a dick. I really just can't see it in the video. I've watched the video a bunch and you guys can feel free to check it out, but I'm just telling you the pictures I can see a gun in the video where the gun is in the picture doesn't match up to what I'm watching in the video. And I don't see one. Mm-hmm. The cops are saying he's in his car. He's got a gun. He's guys rolling weed. We're like, this guy's going to be a problem. They go over there. They get him out of the truck unless he, I don't see in the video, but unless he brandished the gun at them or whatever. And he ends up dead. How do you, what's your read on the situation, Joey? And you know, do you think he had a gun? I would assume he did have one. If there's, there's, picture evidence that there is one i didn't see it in the video but okay if that's their probable cause then maybe okay but does it even matter i'm highly confused sure and and this is why by what i just said or you're confused by the situation i'm confused by the situation okay and this is why i watched the video which which video uh the video by the wife that she was typing and i recall her trying to lay the fact that he's on medication he just had it She's saying he has a traumatic brain injury. She says yes. a TBI, yeah. Traumatic brain injury. Okay. Why then is there a gun anywhere in the facility of someone who had a traumatic brain injury? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Is that something that you think should be? Yes, I, I feel that's odd that like, it, it just seems out of place to me that someone who might already have issues has a gun sitting down the dashboard, apparently. Right. While, you know, the weed doesn't bother me. I, I don't give a shit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, But the fact that he had the gun, it, you know, he'll say I understand now. what you're saying. But if the gun was just out there and the cops could see it, why? I, Be, because to me, that welcomes unnecessary attention. 
Sure. And I mean, well, yes. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've read a little bit more about it that this guy potentially has had issues before he's, he's had some like violent assault stuff. And again, this is just stuff I've read. I don't know if it's a hundred percent true, but you know, it's kind of out there. You're right, Joey. It does, uh, you know, attract unwanted attention. The, the problem is though, if he is just sitting in that truck smoking weed with a gun in his lap or whatever, wherever this gun is, I don't know. Cause we, we haven't seen anything. Um, is that in and of itself a threat? Like if the cops show up and they see, first of all, I don't understand how they could show up, see in the car that he's rolling a blunt and has a gun. Like, how are they seeing that without getting really close to the car to begin with? You know what I mean? Like I, the, the question is they don't binoculars. Know. Well, and how do they not know that this guy has, doesn't have a permit or something to, to have that gun? They don't know any of that when they show up. I mean, I, th- I think they were saying that, uh, the, par- the probable cause was because of the drugs, not the gun. Then they saw a gun and the two com- uh, together convinced them to Understood. But I'm saying, is there is there a reason why he wouldn't be able to have that gun? It's, it's, it has to be concealed? Like, I, I don't understand. It's just there's no open carry there. Is that what it is? Like, because he's not out. He's just in his car. But does that constitute, like, being out in the public with a gun just being showing? Is that part of it? Well, I mean, the quote that you said said that uh, the... It, uh, with the probable cause of the drugs, they chose then to double that gave them a way to check. Oh, is that gun legal? Is like, does she have the right, proper right, 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 right. So with, I think without the gun, without the two combined, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done anything. But that's what the quote is saying. Got least. it. Um, yeah, you know, here's the thing. I mean, the situation is, I don't think this one's as cut and dry as the Terrence Crutcher one. That mm-hmm. guy shouldn't have been killed. Obviously, not that this guy should have been killed. That's not what I mean. But the cops being involved, I think, is more understandable in this case. Again, though, it seems like the police escalated the situation when it was not necessary. Not to say that they sh- didn't have potentially a right to get involved. Um, See, because but they come at them with guns drawn. You know what I mean? Like they're already going to do something else. Yes. And they're like, no, 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 no. Let's focus on. It. And then they all come to that car, which you can see in the video a little bit. And it's like a, a panicked situation. The wife's telling them. He's got a brain injury. He just took his medicine. Like he's not going to do anything, whatever. But in the video, she also goes, uh, Keith, don't you do it. And I don't know what she's saying, what she means by that. Keith, don't you do it. So, okay. So there's still some gray area there as far as I'm concerned, but, but I don't know if this guy should be dead. Definitely not. Why are there guns? You asked it before. Why are the guns drawn? It's like, although he has a, if he has a visible gun, I don't know. You know, it's like, this is one of those gray area ones. I understand why there's outrage against it, why people are frustrated, but it's not the same thing as this other guy, Terrence Crutcher, just being shot for zero reason, well, also, unarmed. Well, also, the other interesting aspect that we haven't even mentioned yet is the fact that the officer who did shoot him is black as well. So does that play any part of it as well? Uh, I mean, we've seen over and over again. Well, here's the thing. it. I think you could see it with white officers, and I believe you see it with Betty Shelby, the the one in, in Oklahoma, that there's uh, already an apprehension and a fear of this like black dude. You know, the, the the perception of threat is way higher for it seems for white officers in certain areas that run, run into they just think that they're going to be a problem automatically. Whether that's racism, it just inherent bias, subconscious, whatever it is, but something's at play there. And uh, so, yes, with a black officer here, maybe that changes that a little bit. Because he is black himself, so mm-hmm. unless he's afraid of himself, you know what I mean? Like, he, he probably wouldn't have that inherent bias. But we've seen over and over again that that it once you put the uniform on, you're now, you're sort of 
beholden to that thing, not the humanity or, or your race or whatever. Once you become a cop, that's who your loyalty seems to yes. be too. So I don't know if it plays that much of a factor other than, you know, maybe he wasn't just initially like oh, a black guy. You know what I mean? See, because, all right, so let's be honest. He's sitting in his car getting high. What threat is he? Well, that's what I'm saying, but you're telling me because he had a gun there that he is a threat. Why should he have one? Because they don't know he has a TBI. So it's just a dude in a car smoking a blunt with a gun. So, I mean, not so. I get it. I get why the cops... like I. Yeah, but if someone's smoking weed, doesn't it doesn't automatically translate, oh, there's a gun, he's a threat. But they could see the gun, they said. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's stuff that, that we... It's not provable. It's just their story and he's dead, so there's no way to know. I, to me, here's the, th- here's the other aspect of it. I have smoked weed in my day. I don't have a gun, but uh, yeah, Matt's like, ooh. No, but you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't feel comfortable in broad daylight just sitting in my car rolling a blunt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would, white dude f- would feel uncomfortable that way. On top of that, having a gun that maybe I don't have the legal right to have. I don't know what the deal is with that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not just, I don't, I can't just say it is purely because he's black that they're bothering him. I don't think I'd feel comfortable doing that. I would feel like I could go to jail, but I don't think I'd be dead. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. You got to unpack all this stuff. It just is what it is. We'll, uh, we'll see as it goes forward, but I just wanted to put that out there because obviously there's been a lot of, uh, you know, protesting and things like that. Yes. Which seemingly have gone all right. Right. I mean, the first night there was a little damage here and there, but it seems like the protests have been mostly handled correctly. They're letting people get out there and do their thing. Yeah. Uh, All right. What else do I got here, Joey? All right. I'll tell you what. Let's just do this quick. I mean, it's a 2016. I don't even have the poll numbers. It doesn't matter. We'll do it next week because we're going to get into the the debate and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Two quick things before we get into that. That fucking weasel Ted Cruz endorsed donald trump last friday did not see that coming i did not see ted cruz doing what a that. spineless little fuck he is i'm actually shocked to go to the convention get on stage vote your conscience and get booed off stage why wouldn't you just endorse him there to pull all that shit and now right before the election you're like i support him what a what a little trump has something wuss. on him Trump has something on him. I, I don't think so. That's the only way. No, you know what he has on him? He's a little baby. He's a little wuss. That's what it is. And Trump was just like, I don't care. He can say what he wants. Fuck him. <laughs> to go, for, for Cruz to go back now, after all that, and endorse Trump, after the shit Trump said about his wife, Trump essentially was like, his wife's a beast. He's, she's a dog. Skip the wife. It's, uh, it's more important than his dad assassinated Kennedy. Well, that's kind of cool. If he did, I mean, <laughs> that's all right. That's okay to have that rumor out there. But you know what I mean? To like personally insult you, your family, all this shit. And now like a guy that Cruz is railed against. Nope. A he's lot. all of a sudden better than Hillary. Like, are you nutty fucker? Are you crazy? What, what a weak ass move that was. It's embarrassing. I had respect for Cruz. We said it on the yeah, podcast. I played it. I said, good for him. Not anymore. I was clever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to support Trump gets on stage. Yeah, Sure fingers crossed no but then then he shows and now he does this shit it's like yeah you're you're done so i don't i don't trust that guy as far as i can throw him either you know i i, I wouldn't say that it's uh trump has anything on him i think it's Brian's Priebus, really is that he said uh if anyone who doesn't toe the line this year won't get any support from the rnc 
come 2020 is what it probably was. Interesting. In yeah, I mean, possible, but is Ted Cruz really the... Yeah, I mean, maybe. How desperate but if could, he could they be that they have to support Trump? But I was going to say, but if, if, if he could get to him now with that, why well, wasn't he able to get to him before the convention? Well, I mean, the, I mean, the RNC is at the point where Trump's their candidate. They have to stick with yeah, him. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm so. not saying the RNC shouldn't. Um, I'm just oh. saying if, if Ryan Priebus is able to pull that with Cruz now... He should have been able to pull that with him at the convention unless Cruz figured I'll do this at the convention. The people that like me will see that. And then they're not really going to be paying attention that I support it. Like they'll get it because I have to go against it. Whatever. Yeah. To me, he's a garbage person. That's a terrible move. I think he was a garbage person before. No, of course. But now it's at least I had respect for him for doing that, but not anymore. Uh, All right. Before we get into the debate coverage, this is Janet Brown, the executive director of the commission on presidential debates, which in my opinion, shouldn't exist. Uh, she says, I don't think it's a good idea to get the moderator into essentially serving as the Encyclopedia Britannica. If a candidate tells a lie, the moderator should depend on the candidates to basically correct each other as they see fit. Are you nuts? When would that happen? What is in that reference to? What, the whole she's Lester talking about Holmes, the debates. Or? Yeah, Lester Holt. Yeah. She's, they were asking, should he be like the fact checker? And she's like, no. Well, then no, he's the, a human being. If he thinks something's incorrect, he should be able to question it. No, but she's saying she doesn't want him to necessarily be the, you know, the fact checker. Like, the candidates will hold each other in check. Are you serious? No, there's going to be a website you can go to, Hillary.com. Yeah, I'm sure that will. Where be, you can yeah. fact check it. Yeah, that's And it. I want to know how many people actually went to that website. A lot. I went to it as soon as she said it. <laughs> Was it good? No, I didn't look at it. I, oh. I, don't, need, I don't need that. I'm just but saying, you went I, to it. Yeah, because I wanted to see what it looked like. It's confusing. It's annoying. That wasn't good. No, nah, it's just, you could probably go. I mean, I'm sure it's still up now, but it's, just, you know, it's just going to be, look, honestly, Hillary probably, you know, we're going to get into it in a minute. Well, mm-hmm. Let's just get, you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's get thing? into it. All right. Uh, this is going to be a little bit. You, you excited? Yes. Tell the people while I set up here, while I get my notes in place, all this stuff, tell them what the process is. All right, guys. So Chris. Don't, puts don't him say it so disgustedly. What? What? My name. I feel like you were just like, oh, Chris. So our favorite person, you know, Chris, puts himself in a bubble where he shuts off all outside communication. There is no MySpace. There is no Friendster. There is no Facebook. Nope, live journal. I stay off that. Yeah, I duct taped my fiance's mouth shut. I was like, we can't talk about this. And he goes into a room while he watches the debate. And he has a pen and pad and he writes his thoughts. Well, now you're taking it too far. I mean, then, I, I type up the notes, but. Then he puts it in the lockbox yep. and he waits four days. Right. Until the Thursday for the podcast to share with all his thoughts and feelings about it in quick episodes that would have been great for Twitter, but are better for the show. Right. I actually, I, I've added to it now. What I do is I take this medicine that it wipes my memory. So what I do is I put the notes in a, in a lockbox, like you said, mm-hmm. with a code that I know. But then I take this pill, so why my mind? So I don't even know it. And then I, I send myself a, a, a letter that gets here like Thursday morning. And I go, oh, that's how I opened the box. And now here we go. I haven't looked at the notes. And here we go. Yeah. Before we begin doing any of this, let me say, only one of these two people is capable of handling the presidency. That is Hillary Clinton. I do not believe Donald Trump is a viable candidate. No matter what I say next, don't forget that. Okay? Yes. So here we go. So I go through the debate. Some of them are not clips. Some of them are just like thoughts in the middle of it. Hillary calls Trump's economic plan trumped up trickle down. That's not going to catch on. I got to be nope. honest. That's a terrible one. I don't think that's going anywhere. 
uh, first clip we have, how does Trump specifically bring 25 million jobs back? I don't mind his answer here, honestly. Now, again, I haven't looked at my notes since I wrote them the other night when I watched it. I watched it on the night of the debate. Uh, so I don't even know what he's about to say, but I'll, I'm sure I'll remember what I agree with as soon as I hear him say it. Donald? And our economy generally is, look, we owe $20 trillion. We cannot do it any longer, Lester. Back to the question, though. How do you bring back, specifically bring back jobs? American manufacturers, how do you make them bring the jobs back? Well, the first thing you do is don't let the jobs leave. The companies are leaving. Oh, like that's a- impossible. Okay. <laughs> they already left. So there's nothing yes. you can do. Question. What? Um, I know you stayed off social media when mm-hmm. this was going on. I completely. But there was a huge comment by Howard Dean that maybe he's sniffing coke. Who, Trump? Trump. You know, it's like, that's like the little... Hey, is, he, is he? No, he's not sniffing coke. He's not sniffing coke? I mean, if he is. He's sniffling a lot. Okay, so that's, to me, that doesn't... I don't know. That doesn't bother me. That's like dumb shit from Howard Dean. First of all, you, you should have been the goddamn... Uh, you know, much further along. You did the crazy bia thing. You got out. I don't want to hear from Howard. That was the media. I like Howard Dean to mm-hmm. an extent, but he's one of these guys that's like always going to defend Democrat, like Democrats, not certain principles regardless. I, I don't know. It's just annoying. It's like, okay, may- yeah, maybe he's not going to prove it. Get some fucking proof and then, then come out and do it. Cause otherwise it's just like, that's like making fun of his hair. It's fucking meaningless. Is anybody that's on the fence? Gonna go, Howard Teen said that Donald Trump might be uh, snorting coke. I can't vote for it. No. The only people that are interested in that are people that are already part of your base or support Hillary. It's like, shut the fuck up with that shit. Would you vote for a coked up Trump? Yes. That's my question. Yeah, of course I would. I'm gonna vote for uh, just a totally sober Trump is what I believe he is now. Name, I mean, there are thousands of them. They're leaving and they're leaving in bigger numbers than ever. And what you do is you say, fine. I think it's just, honestly, I, I thought about it. I think it's a debate, not a debate tag, but I think it was just part of like a public speaking tag where he goes, like he just wants to be, I don't know. He's not going, he's are going, you, he's just breathing deeply. That's are all. you saying that now that we brought attention to it or, or did you thought no, that I thought you about, were watching I mean, of course it. I thought about it during the debate. He does okay. it a lot, but it's not, it's not sniff a line of Coke. That's not what he's doing. He's just going, He's just inhaling his breathing in deep. You know what I mean? Right. So he can have a full breath. That's all. I mean, I don't think there's anything to it. You want to go to Mexico or some other country? Good luck. We wish you a lot of luck. But if you think you're going to make your air conditioners or your cars or your cookies or whatever you make and bring them into our country without a tax, you're wrong. And once you say you're going to have to tax them coming in, and our politicians never do this, because they have special interests, and the special interests want those companies to leave, because in many cases they own the companies. So what I'm saying is we can stop them from leaving. We have to stop them from leaving, and that's a big, big factor. Let me let- I, I don't mind that idea, frankly. I think... Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, who knows how the hell he didn't act it. But him saying if a company wants to build their product in Mexico or China and they want to operate that way and then they want to bring the, the product here and sell it, fine. But you took all those jobs over there or whatever you're manufacturing. So, yeah, it's going to be ta- – you're going to get a hit with a fucking massive tax. Absolutely. I do agree with that. I, I, I like that kind of uh, – that idea because I've said that before. If you want to go to – if you want to sell your products here, build them here mm-hmm. for the – you know, more – 70% of the production has to be done here or whatever, you know, but like, no, you can't just have your tax haven in Ireland and then expect to reap the benefits here. Go fuck yourself. No, if you want to operate there, go to Ireland, but you don't, you don't have this economy anymore. You don't have this market. 
that's just how I feel about it. Well, uh, yeah, good. Uh, my, my understanding on that whole issue is actually that I mean I don't have a degree in economics or anything, but if you if we have that tariff to import the import things, then China will do the same thing to us and we start get into a trade war. And we want to we want our companies to sell to the billion people in China and India. We want to be exporting more, and if we start taxing people bring it into America, then we're going to be fucking ourselves over, really. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, but there's also another school of thought where, okay, fine, then we'll, we, then if if we're, cl- like, essentially we're unglobalizing the economy. So, yeah, we'll go back to when we were extremely prosperous, <laughs> when we produced our own goods, and there's definitely going to be places that are going to buy from the United States. Maybe China is not going to be that place, but... But, but I, I mean, think there's ways around that. Like, I don't think there's really a way to go backwards economically. You can't like deglobalize the economy. I think. Well, you collapse it eventually, which is what's going to happen. I mean, I think that that is essentially the the way to unglobalize, like, as we're saying, like let the economy collapse. But but, <laughs> that's but how it'll be done. Which will be terrible for everyone. And I think. Yeah, of course. I think ultimately you get create more jobs for Europe if you if America loses the manufacturing, then it goes to Europe or somewhere else or. They make just make yeah. things elsewhere. So. Yeah, no, it absolutely could. But I don't, I don't buy these American companies. The CEOs live here. They they operate here. They want to do that stuff. Fine. If you want to, then then op, then play ball with us and operate that way. I don't believe them that they're just gonna. We'll just leave. Okay, go go ahead. I'll call their bluff on that. But right, I mean, I practically, I don't think this is something that'll actually happen. It's something Trump is saying. But uh, just as a concept, I go okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. Very few things I'm going to agree with Trump uh, during this debate on, but that's that's one of them. Uh, all right. The, this is the first real back and forth between the pair. Trump, depending on the viewer, either seemed forceful and strong or demonstrative and aggressive. Hillary did well countering him, but she has to find the right tone. It came off a bit smug, which isn't the right look for her. She also seems like she's talking to a child, which plays well to her base, the Howard Deans and whatever, where she goes, well, Mr. Trump, you know, but like that's not going to play well with people that she needs to vote for her. Right. I mean, like she'll get her. Ba- Again, I think Hillary's going to win this thing, but this isn't necessarily pulling anybody to her side. But let, let's play this. This is the first back and forth between the two of them. New jobs and to get exports that help to create more new jobs. Right. Well, you haven't done it in 30 years or 26 years. Well, any number I, you I've wanted. been a senator. You Donald, haven't done it. And you haven't I done have it. been a and secretary of state and I have your done husband signed NAFTA, which was one of the worst things that ever happened well, to the manufacturing industry. That is your you go to New England, you go to Ohio, Pennsylvania, you go anywhere you want, Secretary Clinton, and you will see devastation where manufacturing is down 30, 40, sometimes 50 percent. NAFTA is the worst trade deal maybe ever signed any but certainly ever signed in this country. And now you want to approve Trans-Pacific Partnership. You were totally in favor of it. Then you heard what I was saying, how bad it is, and you said, I can't win that debate. But <laughs> Yeah, well, first of all, it's like Bernie's been uh, against that the, the whole time, longer than fucking Trump has. It's interesting, though, th- and this is the problem right off the bat with her, like, immediately. And part of the reason why I don't support her, she does. She did support TPP. She can say whatever she wants now, but I guarantee you that goddamn thing will get signed. Oh, yeah. When she's pres- you know what I mean? Like, I, that's the issue with her. It's not as cut and dry as he's terrible because he is. He can't be president. It, it won't work. She's not good either. She's fine. She's fine in comparison, but she's not great. She's a fucking bitter pill to swallow. I don't I don't want that. You know that if you did win, you would approve that. And that will be 100%. almost as bad as NAFTA. See, that's Nothing. the thing. Like, uh, you know, you don't want to give Trump any credit. Like, it becomes very... I'm team Hillary. I'm team Trump, blah, blah, blah. But like he's, he is, I got, I agree with him there. She will sign the fucking thing if she yes. becomes president. 
And her track record shows that. So as much as he says a lot of repugnant shit that I you can't get behind and I don't trust him to, to have the nuclear codes and all that stuff, true. And I want her to be president, definitely not Trump. But he's right about that. And we can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. He's telling the truth about her. Hmm. Will ever well, top NAFTA. That, that is just not accurate. I... Uh, was See, again. and that right there, it's like, that'll play in the room to the base. Well, that is just, do not be smug. Do not be dismissive. There's a huge percentage of this country that is going to vote for him. Almost yes. half. Almost half the voters are going to vote for him. Don't be smug. Because that fucking little smugness. It's going to cost the votes. Could, could, could. It could in the wrong place, in the wrong state. You don't know. Because we always focus on racism in this, but sexism is a thing, too. There's a percentage of people, men and women, that can look at her and go, I don't like that smug person. She's she's a little bit of like a smug woman. I don't mm. trust her. You know what I mean? They're, that's there. We can't pretend that's not there. And maybe that'll be the difference in Pennsylvania or Florida or wherever. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Which state do you think it's going to be? The tipping point state? Yeah. Is it going to be Pennsylvania? Could be Florida. Could be Pennsylvania. Yeah. They've been saying Pennsylvania a lot. Okay, yeah, we'll see. It's a barometer, but she's paid a lot of lip service to coal country. Man, you know, Bill's been out there and blah, blah, blah. So they're doing what they got to do. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. I, and again, to what extent does this debate even matter? I don't know. You know, like this little minutia. But to me, just, just analyzing it as a person watching the debate, that, well, oh, it's very dismissive. Like, don't be dismissive. Ign- because you're not just being dismissive of him. Half You're being country. dismissive of people that potentially maybe don't know who they're going to vote for. And if they're leaning towards Trump, they go, well, she's being awfully dismissive of that. No, explain why. It was finally negotiated and the terms were laid out. I wrote about that in. You called it the gold I, I standard. About, well, I hope you called I, it the gold standard of trade deals. You, you know said what? it's the finest deal you've ever seen. No. And then you we heard what I said That's about true. it. And all of a sudden you were against it. <laughs> well, Donald, I know you live in your own reality, but oh, yeah. that is not. See, but we played that clip. You know what I mean? She maybe she yes. didn't say exactly that it's the gold standard, but she said things very like we we should sign this. It's good. Blah blah. You know, we played it on the show yes. as Secretary of State. Period. It's indisputable. Not the facts. The facts. Are I- there's so many other things that you can go after Trump on, but people not willing to give him credit for the things that he does say that are right. That's damaging too. That and that's the whole partisan game. It's bullshit. Yeah. I did say I hoped it would be a good deal, but when it was negotiated, not. which I was not <laughs> responsible for, I concluded he it wasn't. I wrote about that so is it President Obama's fault? Is it President Obama's fault? Even announced. Look, there Secretary, are is it President there- Obama's fault? See, and like I'm saying, is he's either strong here and holding her feet to the fire, or he's too aggressive now to a woman. He's just yelling at a woman, like not letting her talk. And she's either confident, knows what she's talking about, or smug, right? I mean... Depends who through whose eyes this whole thing is. Absolutely. There are because he's pushing it. There are different views about what's good for our country, our economy, and our leadership in the world. And I think it's important to look at what we need to do to get the economy going again. That's why I said new jobs with rising incomes, investments, not in more tax cuts that would add five trillion dollars to the debt. But you have but no plan. Educate. Oh, I do. Secretary, in fact, you I have, have no plan. A book about it. It's called Stronger Together. You yeah. can pick it up That's tomorrow about all you at the gonna... bookstore or at an airport near you. We're going to move. Uh, but 
It's because I see this, we need to have strong growth, fair growth, sustained growth. We also have clips. to mm -hmm. look at how we help families balance the responsibilities at home and the responsibilities at business. So we have a very robust set of plans and people who have looked at both of our plans have concluded that mine would create 10 million jobs and yours would lose us three and a half million jobs and explode you are the going debt, to approve one of the biggest tax cuts in history you are going to approve one of the biggest tax increases in history you are going to drive business out. Your regulations are a disaster and you're going to increase regulations all over the place. And by the way, my tax cut is the biggest since Ronald Reagan. I'm very proud of it. It will create tremendous numbers of new jobs. But regulations, you are going to regulate these businesses out of existence. When I go around, Lester, I tell you this, I've been all over. And when I go around, Despite the tax cut, the, thing, the things that business as and people like the most is the fact that I'm cutting regulation. You have regulations on top of regulations, and new companies cannot form, and old companies are going yeah, out. Yeah, like uranium mining companies in the Grand Canyon, right? It's like put it specifically to something. In an abstract, it sounds good. Yeah, cut the red tape. We got to get in there and get things done. But what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And we just talked to Daniel about this earlier in the show. Like, yes. yeah, maybe cutting some of those regulations is going to allow people to do uranium mining in the fucking Grand Canyon. Is that really the regulation you want cut? Name some specific ones that you don't like. Not just, I don't like regulation. Good. Yep. But that's also another problem with all these debates and the, te and the television program and everything. They never let the candidates actually explain anything. Oh, they had, I think Policy. they had plenty of time. They do. They had plenty of no, I, I'm not going to acknowledge that. They had plenty of time during this to talk to each other and do their thing. They had uninterrupted minutes to talk. We've been listening for four minutes now. They've been talking. That's not true. Yeah, but they, they haven't just, said anything concrete in terms of policy. Yeah, Donald and Trump, that's where the moderator comes in. The moderator has to be the one to be like, no, you just said this. Here's the actual fact. What do you think? Like, the moderator has to be involved, but the person that runs the goddamn debates before we even started, that's why I read that. She was like, yeah. The moderator, what is he, an encyclopedia? I mean, okay, Chris. So if you could have any moderator me, do the debate yeah. and it's not you, who who would you want as that moderator? Do you want Bill Maher as moderator? Do you want Jonathan Stewart? Do you want Conan O'Brien? Jonathan Stewart? What are you, like, very formal? John Stewart. Uh, yeah, who, uh, Bill, Bill Maher's a great pick. Glenn Greenwald I'd love to see there. I'd like to see Abby Martin get on stage. I like to, You know who I'd like to see moderate this? Jill Stein. Let her do it. Oh my God, you won't let her awesome. on the goddamn debate. Let Bernie be there. You know what I mean? No, but you, yeah. No, there's believe me, there's a the Rolodex of fucking people you can get to go do this. Not the TV journalist Lester Holt. He's not a you know what I mean? It's like he's a TV guy. Don't, why do we need a TV guy? Get a fucking person. Not that he did like an atrocious job, but he's not going to do anything spectacular. You want to know who Yeah, Bill Maher would be a great great host. You want to know who I want as the moderator? If everyone's so concerned about jobs and economics, yeah. let's get an economics professor up there. Which one? Kinsey and what, what are you going to do? Or, um, That's the thing, Joey. There's two sides to every that you yeah, make fine. it seem like there's just some ultimate arbiter that everybody's going to agree to. They don't. That's the pro that's the whole situation we're in. Let's just, there's 10 seconds of this clip and then I have a note about it. Business, and you want to increase the regulations and make them even worse. I'm going to cut regulations, well, but I'm going to cut taxes, big league, and you're going to raise taxes, big league. End of story. Let me get you to. <laughs> All right. So that's a good clip. That's a great well, sound bite. Here's my note here. Trump is very clearly saying during this, this whole thing that tax cuts on big business means more jobs. However, 
Big business already gets tax cuts. That's a huge factor in a corrupt democracy and in the income disparity and disappearing middle class. How much more does he want to cut taxes? He said before he wants to cut the corporate tax rate to 15%. There's no evidence at all that the money corporations save will go to workers or back into this economy. There's evidence it will go offshore to Ireland or to Panama or wherever. So for him to say that is just totally ignorant of what the actual situation is, which we talk about all the time on this podcast. It's not like we're just deciding now to say that that's the case. That's the case. We see it. Also, I fucking love Trump using the phrase big league. As an adjective, an adverb, I don't know, but it's good. I like it. I'll cut Texas big league. I love it. Uh, all right. The next clip here. I'll tell you what. This segment is why people don't like Hillary. The fake bullshit smile and off-the-cuff quip. It's not likable. She isn't likable. She shouldn't try to be likable. She should be competent, period. Now, I don't even know what this is. Let's see what it is. We'll find out together, children our country to get their money because they can't and trillion dollars that we can't bring into our country lester no leadership and honestly that starts with secretary clinton all right you have two minutes of the same question to defend tax increases on the wealthiest american secretary clinton i I have a feeling that by the end of this evening i'm going to be blamed for everything that's ever happened why not why not yeah why not (laughs) see like is that it's unlikely this is why she's unlikable like i have a feeling i'll be blamed for everything it's all so rehearsed and i guarantee this woman can talk off the cuff like as a normal person in real life just do it stop this stop it you know just 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 join uh, join the debate by uh saying more crazy things now let me it, say it, there's nothing crazy is about not letting our companies case. bring their money it, back into okay, their this country is, this is a- that's you know that's see he's doing the right thing there when she goes flipping and like assumes that the audience she's talking to totally agrees with her he hits her, and that's where she makes a mistake. She gets better as the debate goes yeah. on. Like the last probably twenty minutes of the debate, I think she did a really nice job, and I have some some notes about that. But she's got to be really careful, man. But that's like the shit. Why people don't like her? Like, okay, we'll see. Like, not ever. Nobody really likes her. No. You know, maybe America Ferrara does, but other than that, very few people do. There's people that are going to vote for her because they have to, but nobody's pumped about her. So she's really going to watch that. Uh, this is Trump talking about his tax returns joey this angered me this did bother you yes because here's my question yeah if he wants to provide for the vets well wait but we don't start talking about before we listen to the clip okay go ahead let me know what it is this is i was gonna say do you know what it is they watched the debate maybe they didn't maybe they can't well maybe they did or maybe they were you know playing a ps2 game or whatever they weren't really let us know by leaving comments yes please leave a comment soundcloud.com slash mandatory session trump on his tax returns good answer i felt like it's a dodge but he's played a beautiful classic conservative card there work hard get rich everyone can do it then he goes off on a dumb tangent, says 33,000 emails, gets an applause line. He totally ignores Lester Holt saying, but the IRS says you can release your taxes while being audited, but he never goes back and corrects Trump again. So to me, Trump wins that, you know, that, that back and forth there. Political, then Secretary Clinton. Mr. Trump, we're talking about the burden that Americans have to pay, yet you have not released your tax returns. And, and the reason nominees have, have released their returns for decades is that voters will know 
if their potential president owes money to, who he know, owes it to, and any business conflicts. Uh, don't sure. Americans have a right to know if there are any conflicts of interest? I don't mind releasing. I'm under a routine audit, and it'll be released. And as soon as the audit's finished, it'll be released. But you will learn more about Donald Trump by going down to the federal elections, where I filed a 104-page, essentially financial statement of sorts, the forms that they have, it shows income. In fact, the income, I just looked today, the income is filed at $694 million for this past year. $694 million. If you would have told me I was going to make that 15 or 20 years ago, I would have been very surprised. But that's the kind of thinking that our country needs. When we have a country that's doing so badly, that's being ripped off by every single country in the world, it's the kind of thinking that our country needs because everybody... Lester, we have a trade deficit with all of the countries that we do business with of almost $800 billion a year. You know what that is? That means who's negotiating these trade deals? We have people that are political hacks negotiating our trade deals. The IRS says Excuse an audit me. of your taxes, uh, it's, you're perfectly free to release uh, your taxes during an audit. And so the question, does the public's right to know outweigh your personal... Well, I told you, I will release them as soon as the audit. Look, I've been you under audit... No, and why doesn't Lester Holt go, no, I can't allow you to continue there. You're not listening. The IRS said you can do it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Almost for 15 years. I know a lot of wealthy people that have never been audited. I said, do you get audited? I get audited almost every year. <laughs> And in a way, he, you know, he's a master at creating these imaginary scenarios where he's just talking to some of these wealthy people. And he goes, do you ever get audited? And they're like, no, we don't get oh, I get audited all the time. He just like creates it and he, gets, he slips it in and he moves to the next thing real yes. quick. He's really artful with a lot of this stuff. It's kind of fascinating to watch. You'd be complaining. I'm not even complaining. I don't mind it. It's almost never become had a way of life. I get never audited happened. by the IRS. <laughs> but even if he did, but it's just like he throws it out there. Like I, I said to him, do you get audited? Like, did you? Yeah. you just randomly you just asked if these people get audited? But other people don't. I will say this. Uh, we have a situation in this country that has to be taken care of. I will release my tax returns against my lawyer's wishes when she releases her 33,000 emails that have been deleted. As soon as she releases them, I oh, will listen, release. Listen, you got applause, though, from the dum-dums in the audience. That's the issue. I will release my tax returns, and that's against my lawyers. They say don't do it. I will tell you this. No, in fact, watching shows, uh, reading the papers, almost every lawyer says, you don't release your returns until the audit's complete. When the audit's complete, I'll do it. But I would go against them if she releases her so email. So it's negotiable? It's not negotiable. No, let her release the email. Why did she delete 33,000? Okay. Well, Pause it for a second. Asked, but let me just uh, admonish the audience one more time. There was okay, a great... it tells the audience you're being bad. Okay. okay. She can't release the emails because they were deleted. Yeah. So I'm having trouble understanding how it's negotiable if you can't physically get Well, the he said emails. it's not negotiable. It's not negotiable. If she puts the emails out, I'll release it. <laughs> That's but she can't. So he's not going to release it. That's what he's saying. It's not a negotiation. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. Next clip. They get progressively shorter as we go along, but I just, you know. I'm you not get, timing anything, buddy. I'm just letting the audience know. So that way, if you're driving to work or you're doing whatever, you're walking to class, you're doing this, doing that, you can kind of figure it out. The clips get a little bit shorter as we go along, but mm -hmm. there's just to get the feel for it. Hillary's best moment so far, well played. The question is, does this resonate? 
Again, they're playing for a minute amount of people in states that matter. Does this help in Florida? Does this help in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, North Carolina? What? I'm shocked that you didn't have the clip of him talking about him not paying federal taxes. That's later, probably. I might. Just saying. I, I, I might have that somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it's not okay. that. Where did, what did he say? He said he was smart for not paying federal taxes. I might have that in there. I don't okay. know. That was later in the thing. God damn it. I got a lot of clips here. All right. But okay. But all right. Even if I don't have that, you want to talk about it. You're bringing it up right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So how you... He's right. But that's the thing. That's a bullshit. That is a media a thing. That's a, a stupid... That, that That's not something that's going to hurt him. He is smart for not paying them. You know what we need to do? Change the laws. Stop getting mad about the fact that the guy rightfully takes advantage of the system that allows him to not pay federal taxes. He's right. That is smart. As a business owner? Yes. Of course. It, it, you know, like morally, is it the right thing to do? No. As a person that wants to save money and can? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't he take advantage of that? But that's crazy. He, but he isn't promoting changing the tax law. He's, well, okay, he doesn't have to do that. Republicans don't want to change the tax code. They don't. They want businesses to be able to do this. They like tax cuts. So that's not a negative, that's what I'm saying. That's not a negative virtue for people that would vote for him. It's only people that won't vote for him. And again, like I'm saying in this thing. Yeah, but if we're going for undivided, uh, undecided voters. How many of them are there? That's what I'm saying. You're talking about I need a figure. You're talking about undecided voters. Mm Mm-hmm. In states that in matter. In swing states, right? Yeah. How many of those people are there? How many could there be? If you've watched all this for 18 months, however the fuck long they've been doing this and however long they can continue to do it till November, how could you not know who you're voting for? How could you, out of the, if you're picking one of these two, how could you have heard everything they've said, know everything about them, and still not know? Those are the dumbest amongst us. Okay. Those are the dumbest amongst us. How could you not know? There's at least one issue that you got to go, oh, well, there's no way I could support him. Or, oh, there's no way I could support her based on that. All the other shit, all of this is, is just excessive nonsense. There's one thing, there has to be one thing that you see where you go, yeah, that's disqualifying. I can't vote for that person. One, if you're an undecided voter, you're the worst of us. And you're the person that's going to decide. So when all of this has to be filtered through that lens of like, does this argument, does this conversation, does this point, does this fact, does it matter to the dumbest amongst us? Probably not. Because how could they possibly have gotten this far and not have decided yet? That's what I'm saying. That's the filter through all of this. So Trump not paying federal taxes, there's a lot of people that go, good for him. And he's right. That That's not even a dumb thing. He is right. That is smart to do. It's a weird thing to say publicly, but okay. I, that To me, that's like the least of the shit that he says. That's what I'm saying. Like we focus on this shit. Oh, he's a conservative billionaire. Yeah, of course he thinks it's smart to not pay taxes. There's way worse shit that the guy says that's disqualifying. I just That's want, not. That's Republican orthodoxy. I just want you to know that Delta is scaring the shit out of me right now. That's what I'm always trying to say. That's the thing. We act like, again, people come down on me. How could you vote for Jill Stein? You got to stop Trump. No, I don't. She has a 98% chance of winning New York. It's not my problem. It's not my problem. It's people in Pennsylvania. It's people in, you know, North Carolina. Goddamn people Florida. People in Florida. Right. And what do we know about Florida? Chads. A lot of yeah, hanging, hanging chads. chads. Shooting Skittles hoodie kids. That's, that's Florida. That's the problem. That's who we're relying on. They gave us Bush. 
It's not me. It's not New York. It's not California. Then we're not the problem. I'll vote for who I want to vote for. You get your shit together down in Florida and Pennsylvania. Figure it out. Michigan. But 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 if you were living in Pennsylvania or Florida, would your opinion be consider different? Consider it. Then? Yeah, I'd consider it. Absolutely. I, I had a conversation with somebody on Snapchat the other day. Um, I, I don't remember what the name was, but it was like, you know, can't vote for Hillary. Going to have to vote for Trump. Like, I don't really support everything he does. And I was like, well, where are you from? And it was, uh, I wanted, I want to say Michigan. And I was like, well, you should really think about it. Cause like, it's going to matter there. I don't have to think about it, but if you live in a state that could be a tipping point state, really fucking think about it. Yeah, really please. think about it. Cause you're the ones that are deciding. It's a, it's really a handful of counties even. I mean, that's the thing. Like we, we think about it in like the, the national polls. No, it's counties and in the swing states. Yes. It's counties and swing states. Absolutely. Counties and swing states. Uh, all right. So I'm saying how much of this, this is Hillary's best moment of the debate so far. I think how much does this play in people in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, North Carolina. Also, Hillary didn't do a good job just landing a punch and stopping during the primaries. And she continues to do a poor job here. Pick an end point. You don't have to spend the entire time you're allotted. Less is more sometimes, especially when you want Trump to get annoyed. Stop talking. Let him go. You don't have to use the full two minutes. Say your thing in 40 seconds and go back to you, dummy. Hang yourself with your own words. All right, let's play it. We did ask you to be silent, so it would be helpful for us. Secretary Clinton. Well, I think you've just seen another example of bait and switch here. Um, For 40 years, everyone running for president has released their tax returns. You can go and see nearly, I think, 39, 40 years of our tax returns, but everyone has done it. We know the IRS has made clear there is no prohibition on releasing it when you're under audit. So you've got to ask yourself, why won't he release his tax returns? And I think there may be a couple of reasons. First, maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Second, maybe he's not as charitable as he claims to be. Third, we don't know all of his business dealings, but we have been told through investigative reporting that He owes about $650 million to Wall Street and foreign banks. Or maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that anybody's ever seen were a couple of years when he had to turn them over to state authorities when he was trying to get a casino license and they showed he didn't pay any federal income tax. So that makes if me he's smart. paid zero, that means... Oh, there you go, Joey. Yeah, okay, you son of a bitch. It's right there. We w- <sighs> Zero for troops, zero for vets, zero for schools or health. And I think probably he's not uh, all that enthusiastic about having the rest of our country see uh, what the real... See, and now she's just... Dra- it's like... You landed. You landed. Yeah, landed. Shut up. Yeah, just she, shut up. She did it perfect. She landed. If she it. just ended it right there. Continue that speculation. You don't have to go. You don't have to explain to people while you're while you're saying that. We get it. Yeah. Like you you said it exactly right. You're right. She 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 just she lost the opportunity yeah. because like, now it just becomes more noise. Right. Because she's giving him more of an opportunity to interrupt. Say it. Volley back to Trump. Now let him explain why. Again, keep talking about the taxes. Get him off of you. Because she's right, because there's probably some shit in there, and, you know, she's laid the groundwork already. Yeah, and just shut up. Meanwhile, this is my note. Meanwhile, it dawned on me during this answer, watching to see if Trump would react when Hillary zinged him on potentially not being as rich as he claims. This is real. This is it. We're down to these two. This doesn't feel right. And I'm sort of in disbelief that this is the best we could do. 
I think we have gotten too comfortable with the idea that this all has to continue. The country, the democracy, the world as we know it. It doesn't have to continue. We're in space. Cosmically, we're grains of sand filtering through an hourglass. This is not a guarantee at all. Okay? That's what I wrote. Too and that's deep. the truth. No, too it's not deep. too deep. That's the truth. We assume that because it's been here since we've been born, it just continues to be here. But it wasn't a thing before 76. You know? Like, it can go away. 1776. You get it. Uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, uh, th- this isn't a guarantee. Look at Syria. Three years ago, that was a place. And now it's a shithole. And now it's rubble. rubble. And people are being killed. And it's an absolute, very bad disaster. It's It's horrific there. That's not impossible here. It's less likely, but give me a break. I mean, this shit is, this whole thing is insane because I'm literally watching to be like, oh, let's see if Trump, let's see, let's see how he handles that. Maybe he's not as rich as he, what are we fucking, it doesn't matter. What are we doing? So this is another example, Hillary. Mm -hmm. They're going to ask her a question. It's a, it's a one word answer. And she, of course, doesn't do it. Who does he owe money to? Well, he owes you the answers to that, and he should provide them. He also he also raised the issue of your emails. Do you want to respond to that? I do. You know, no, no, he, he no. raised the issue of your emails. No, actually, no. You know what? <laughs> it's so, dude. I laughed out loud when he goes. <laughs> he raised the issue of the emails. Do you want to comment? I do. No. Yeah. What are you fucking crazy? No, no, no. no. no I don't I've know. talked about them enough. This was an opportunity for her to own it. I made a mistake. She says it. And he doesn't grill her on it. She said it before, though. She said that. That's the thing. She's talked about these fucking emails endlessly. There's nothing you're going to say now that, again, who are the people out there that haven't decided, A, she did the wrong thing, B, it was fine. Like, the people out there, they're like, I don't know. I need to hear more about this email thing. It's like, are you (laughs) mental? All they've talked about, right? Uh, All right. Here's another clip. And again, they're getting a little bit shorter, like I said. This is Trump making an argument that I'm worried will work. It's classic, and it's also symptomatic of a bought and paid for democracy and decaying culture. And I say that is not in a braggadocious way. It's because it's about time that this country had somebody running it that has an idea about money. When we have... Tw- That's the issue. That I'm very worried that that is going to work. Somebody who knows something about money. Yes. And the only person that can know something about money is a rich, excuse me, is a rich person. That's why we're allowing them to run the government. Like everybody we look at now, you go, well, no, I mean, he doesn't have a billion dollars. He doesn't know anything about money. That's insane. In fact, there's an argument to be made the opposite way of like, you have too much money. You don't understand. You can't possibly connect with people that don't have it. Which is most of the Americans, I'm assuming. I've got most of the world. Yes. Of course. So, but but that's a Trump is doing a nice job peppering in these classic Republican ideologies, conservative ideologies, whatever. Uh, Trump references a study we talked about last week. He's right, but he blames politicians like Hillary Clinton, kind of. But it's really the Bush administration. Uh, let's get to that clip right now. At Newark. And you come in from Dubai and Qatar and you see these incredible, you come in from China, you see these incredible airports and you land, we've become a third world country. So the worst of all things has happened. We owe $20 trillion and we're a mess. We haven't even started. And we've spent $6 trillion in the Middle East, according to 
the report that I just saw. We we talked about that. He's yes. referencing a report that we discussed last week with the total cost of all the wars. So it's funny. He hits on things that he's right about to a certain extent, but then he then he takes it in a weird direction. Whether it's six or five, but it looks like it's six. Six trillion dollars. It doesn't. It's four point nine. We said it. It's not yeah. six. He just said that's. But even that, it's like it it's likes four point nine. Figures. We say five because it's like all right, you're rounding to five because it's six five maybe six. Like what do you? No, it's four point nine. In the Middle East, we could have rebuilt our country twice, and it's really a shame. And it's politicians like Secretary Clinton that have caused this problem. Our- no, it's not politicians. Maybe it's politicians like Hillary Clinton, but it's the fucking Bush administration that, that has cost us that amount of money. I, I hate that revisionist history type of stuff. Well, uh, Go ahead, man. Well, like if you want to play the whole businessman or better card, what about the whole Halliburton ties to the Bush administration? Oh, please. Right, like, of course. You can't say that corporations had no... No, but no spot in that war. No, of course. And that, I mean, they probably account for half of that money being sent over there. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Building, you know, last minute uh, equipment and all that shit and, and building the, the, the failed water projects and things like that in Iraq. Yeah, of course. No, absolutely. P- contractors getting killed or whatever. People that, uh, they got electrocuted. I forget what the exact story was there, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, good moment for Hillary. Trump basically admits he doesn't pay people sometimes because he's not happy with their work. <laughs> That's not really how it works. He also believes the U.S. does not pay for things if we're unhappy. So here we go. That you ask them to do. We have an architect in the audience who designed one of your clubhouses at one of your golf courses. It's a beautiful facility. It immediately was put to use and you wouldn't pay what the man needed to be paid what he was charging maybe he didn't do a good job and i was unsatisfied with his work which our country should do do too you can't (laughs) what are you talking about you can't you can't just not pay people if you sign a contract with them you can't just be like no i'm not happy with it well that's that's the whole uh the whenever the republicans want to defund the government or uh, not defund uh default right <laughs> oh, absolutely right, 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 and that and that yes, great, absolutely great point. Right, defaulting, right, right, defunding the government is just essentially not paying debt we already have. It's not not getting more of that. You already have it. You have to pay for it. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Uh, all right, now they move on. This is a segment about race, which frankly I think is a just. This is just like a ridiculous portion of the debate. Not that the subject is ridiculous, but I just think a lot of the conversation about it is absurd. Um, and it's not even really the forum to even have this conversation because they have to ask them in these like yes or no kind of stupid questions that have a lot more nuance to them. And I don't think it goes anywhere. But this is a clip. Trump says we need uh, to bring back law and order and stop the violence. Suggests stop and frisk might work in Chicago. Trump also says he wants to take guns away from people, which his supporters will probably ignore and say Hillary wants to repeal the Second Amendment, which she doesn't, won't, and can't. But okay. Uh, Here we go. Oh, maybe I should press play. Bring back law and order in a place like Chicago, where thousands of people have been killed, thousands over the last number of years. In fact, almost 4,000 have been killed since Barack Obama became president. Over four, almost 4,000 people in Chicago have been killed. We have to bring back law and order. Now, whether or not in a place like Chicago you do stop and frisk, which worked very well. Mayor Giuliani is here. It worked very well in New York. It <laughs> in, what, in what way did it work really well? Brought the crime rate way down. Yeah, because if you're just going to stop petty crime, of course the crime rate's going to come down, but what difference does that make? You know what I mean? Like that, That's that broken windows kind of policing yeah. stop and frisk. But you're just essentially 
going up to to minority groups and being like, "Hey, what are you up to?" That's that's not a, that's not the way to engender trust between the community and the police. But you take the gun away from criminals that shouldn't be having it. We have gangs. So he take the guns away from criminals that shouldn't be having it. Does Trump support the taking people who are on the no fly list? So Trump is for taking guns away from certain people, mm-hmm. even though it's a right. He he's for taking that away. Why isn't that something that becomes more of a story? I'd be like, so Mr. Trump, just to be clear, you are in favor of taking guns away from certain people if they're criminals or if they're on some kind of list. You're for that? Wait, that would help him. You would assume. Because now we're going for the undecided voters now, right? Which way would the undecided voter go, do you feel? Yeah, well, okay, but that's fine. But that question needs to be asked because maybe that's going to hurt his chances with certain, like, people that tend to lean conservative. Well, uh, I I mean, I tend to think that that would would hurt his base probably. And if if Hillary had said the same thing, the NRA would be up in arms about that. Exactly. Why is, like, what's the NRA saying about this? That's my point, right? Why, right? Why is nobody jumping on him about that? Because if she said it, it'd be like, gun grabber, fuck it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Uh, All right. Roaming the street. And in many cases, they're illegally here, illegal immigrants, and they have guns, and they shoot people. And we have to be very strong, and we have to be very vigilant. We have to, be, we have to know what we're doing. Right now, our police, in many cases, are afraid to do anything. We have to protect our inner cities because African-American communities are being decimated you're, by crime. You're two, decimated. Minutes, you're two minutes expired, but I do want to follow up. Stop and frisk was ruled unconstitutional in New York because it, it largely singled out black and Hispanic young men. No, it, you're wrong. Uh, it went before no, no, it did. a judge who was a very against police judge. See, that type of shit, that's child nonsense. He's a very against police judge. Why? Because he ruled against the police in that instance. What are you insane? That's he pulls that shit all the time. And it's a, that's a dangerous thing. And it's undermining to the whole system. Now it's not to say that there aren't judges that can be bad. Aaron Persky. We talk about all the time. That's fine. I'm not saying they're all perfect and whatever, but anybody that disagrees with him or goes against the Republican policy, they're all, it's not just that they disagree with it or that's how the law favored it or whatever. Uh, it's there against police. That's not true, and that's extremely dangerous. Uh, it was taken away from her, and our mayor, our new mayor, refused to go forward with the case. They would have won an appeal. If you look at it throughout the country, there are many places. The, the argument is that it is, it's a form of racial profiling. No, the argument is that we have to take the guns away from these people that have them and that are bad people that shouldn't have them. These are felons. These are people that are bad people that shouldn't be... When you have 3,000 shootings doing here? in Chicago. Nothing. Not saying from anything. From January 1st. Smart. When you have 4,000 yes. people killed in Chicago by guns from the beginning of the presidency of Barack Obama, his hometown, you have to have stop and frisk. You need more police. <laughs> you need a better community uh, you know, uh, relation. You don't have good community relations in Chicago. It's terrible. I have property there. It's terrible what's going on in Chicago. But when you look, and Chicago's not the only, you go to Ferguson, you go to so many different places. You need better relationships. I agree with Secretary Clinton on this. You need better relationships between the communities and the police, because in some cases it's not good. But you look at Dallas, where the relationships were really studied. The relationships were really a beautiful thing. And then five police officers were killed one night very violently. 
So there's some bad things going on, some really bad things. Secretary Clinton, but we need, Lester, we need law and order. And we need law Man, and order. You want to talk about just going off on like a tangent that means nothing? A yeah, lot of this is that. just crazy. And he's trying, it's like racially coded because he's trying to say Barack Obama, Chicago, like black president, black community, they're shooting each other. Like that's what he's trying to say. But it's like he does it in this weird I don't know, man. That's a very ram to me stuff like that where you see he's trying to bring stop and frisk back, which you know isn't going to work in that situation. It's just a rambly response, and that's what people really should be paying attention to. Stop going to have okay the taxes, whatever. But he just said he wants to bring back stop and frisk in Chicago. That's you can't you know like that's a huge problem, and that's a turnoff. Not that there's any you know much of the black community voting for him anyway, but that's the stuff to focus on. Which they're not. I haven't watched TV much this week, but I got to assume that's not the thing that they're focusing on. But here's my question. Sure. If we have acknowledged that it comes down to the undecided voters in swing states, do people in the swing states even care about stopping frisk? No. Mm, Excellent point. Right. And that's another aspect of it, too. That's going to affect the communities that are voting for Trump are not going to be affected by that. They're the communities that go, good. Law and order. We feel scared. Meanwhile, they're in the middle of like Kansas or whatever. Yeah, nothing. There's, going there's on. no. There's nobody going to bother them anyway. So yeah, no, it's a great point, Joey, and that's why this whole thing is sort of a mockery of the process. Like, th- this is a television show. This is the highest rated debate I think ever. Right. Yes. Which means that the next one, they're going to sell crazy amounts of ads on it. They're going to make a ton of money. This is a TV show. This isn't really to help us determine who should be president. You already know. We already know. The people that don't know, the dumbest amongst us. Could we talk about the ratings for a moment? Yeah, all right. Okay. So I believe the figure that they threw out that watched this was 86 million people. Okay. That's a lot. I thought it was going to be 100 or whatever, but okay. Okay. 86 million people. Okay. Yeah. We're going to flash back back to Jimmy Carter versus Reagan. 1980. How many million people, how many millions of people do you think watched that debate? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. Okay. 80 million people. Right. So you're telling me in the time span of what, 30, 40 years, do do the math. I'm not doing it. Uh That there's only 6 million more people involved in watching the debate. Statistically, that's fucking horrible. That means a lot less people watch this debate than watch that debate. Yeah, I guess. I mean, is that where where are those? I mean, yes. I mean, if that's true, where where are the numbers from that you saw that that was just on like CNN or whatever? It was I, BBC, but still the BBC. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that says. It scares again, me. Maybe, but Matt just said, "Yeah, I stayed as far away from that as possible." But Matt's not an idiot. He's sitting here talking. He's part of the conversation. He knows what's going on. So it's like you're gonna vote, Matt. I assume, right? Yep. Yeah, and it's like so maybe he doesn't. To my point, you know, I didn't need to watch this. <laughs> I, I'm not going to vote for Trump. I'm not going to vote for Hillary. But if gun to my head, I would vote for Hillary. So I don't need to see any more. Matt, I assume you don't have to say who you're voting for, but it's like you have an idea of who you're going to vote for, right? Or you know who you're going to vote for? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I was torn over it at first. I, I'm not the biggest, I'm not a huge fan of either, but at the end of the day, I'm a pragmatist and it came down to like, I'm, I'm voting for Hillary. It's- right. And that's what I'm saying. So it's like, okay, you didn't watch. So you're one of the people that is not part of those numbers, but who cares? You already know the people that are watching it are either watching for entertainment, hate watch, whatever. And again, this percentage of people that don't know uh, what the fuck's going on. 
they're they're still deciding. It's like I need all the information. You got the information. You get it. But yeah, I understand your point though, Joey. I thought it was a lot more than that though. I, I heard it was I be did close too. To I, I, I I really thought it was going to be a lot more. Yeah. Well, it's a shame that only a few. You know, not everybody votes. Yeah, I know. How many people are going to vote? A hundred fifty million, something like that. Maybe it's probably less. Yeah. Uh. All right. What do I got here? What's the next clip I have, Joey? Hillary says something scary about police wrapped in stuff that sounds better. Military style weapons on the streets. In a lot of places, our police are acting. Donald has supported, along with the gun lobby, right now, we've got too many military style weapons on the streets. In a lot of places, our police are outgunned. We need. Whoa, that's a scary thing for Hillary Clinton to say. Don't we talk about all the time how our police are overly militarized? And when you see these protests, they're out there with the rubber bullets and they're yep. firing at people and they, they, it looks like a goddamn invading army. Oh, guns are always into Ferguson. Hillary just said that the neighborhoods are overly militarized. <laughs> Whoa, our police are being outgunned? What does that mean? That means we got to arm our military, our, our police more. Yeah, right? got to send them. It's a some scary of that thing cash. wrapped in stuff that sounds better. Comprehensive background checks. And we need to keep guns out of the hands of those who will do harm. And we finally need to pass a prohibition on anyone who's on the terrorist watch list from being able to buy a gun in our country. If you're too dangerous to fly, you are too dangerous to buy a gun. So there are things we can do, and we ought to do it in a bipartisan Secretary. way. Okay. So uh, that was something that caught my attention. I don't like that Hillary's saying that, that our police are outgunned. That's, ins- that's crazy. Because that just means we got to arm our police more, as opposed to everybody should just have less weapons. I think every police station should have a tank. Well, they're we're working on that, Joey Halliburton or whatever, whoever builds tanks, uh, Lockheed maybe. You're the you're an engineer over there. You tell me. All right, they argue about murders in New York City. Trump says they've gone up under De Blasio. He's right. In 2014, there was 328 murders. There's uh, in 2015 there was 352. However, under Bloomberg. 2002 to 2014 murders ranged from a low of 332 in 2013 which is the lowest total since 1928 and a high of 597 in 2003 so the numbers fluctuate so but technically yes trump is right that the the murder rate went up under de blasio but it's like a marginal you know it's lower than what it was for years under bloomberg okay uh oh i I got excited about hillary apparently hold on let me see Hmm. where i'm going here hillary there you go you fuck solid i wrote in the notes uh, let's see what she did, shall we? Communities right. for up to 100 years. Mr. Trump, let me... Well, unbroken. I, I, I and, and I will tell you, you look at the inner cities, and I just left Detroit, and I just left Philadelphia, and I just, you know, you've seen me. I've been all over the place. Uh, you decided to stay home, and that's okay. But I will tell you, I've been all over, and I've met some of the greatest people I'll ever meet within these communities, and they are very, very upset with what their politicians have told them and what their politicians have done. Mr. I, I, think, I, think that, I think Donald just criticized me for preparing for this debate. And yes, I did. And you know what else I prepared for? I prepared to be president, and I think that's a good thing. Wow. Yeah, that's a mind she stopped talking. Yeah, and she shut. That's right. I land it, shut it, because then she got. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. No, shut up, Hillary. Terrible. Uh, that was a that was a solid one. Okay, Trump on Obama's birthplace. I cannot even believe. Again, this is like the stuff where I look at. It and I go, I can't believe this is even stuff that's still going on. But 
Trump on Obama's birthplace. Meanwhile, quote, most Americans have accepted for years is an insane thing to say. We're so dumb. It's frightening. This is crazy people shit. Was the current... Oh, can we please pass this? We're going to play... You want to skip it? I don't want to hear about the birth certificate anymore. It's... All right, we'll skip please. it. Was the current American president born in America? Yes. This goes on for way too long. It's an absurdity. Fine, we'll skip it. Right, you. Thank you. Just for you. Uh, Hillary, nicely done here again. Although I wish she wasn't fake smiling like that. Stop it. Get fucking serious. But again, I don't think he's losing anyone here, and she's not gaining anyone. Which again, which is the game we're playing. How many? How much are they gaining and losing? Probably not much. Conclusion. And I think I did a great job and a great service, not only for the country but even for the president, in getting him to produce his birth certificate. Secretary Clinton. Well. Just listen to what you heard. Nice. And clearly, as Donald just admitted, he knew he was going to stand on this debate stage and Lester Holt was going to be asking us questions. So he tried to put the whole racist birther lie to bed. But it can't be dismissed that easily. Okay. So good. She called it racist birther lie. But mm-hmm. If you if you're even inclined to think that Obama might not be born here, it doesn't matter what she says. And if you don't, if you acknowledge that Obama was born here, it doesn't matter what he said. You know what I mean? So who's gaining what there? I don't know. Uh, I had a clip that said Trump hits her back as well, but but who cares? Uh, we'll skip it. Okay, these are the last few clips, and these are like seconds. This is like during the security portion, and then we'll be done. Um, Two oh eight. Trump says ISIS is beating us at our own game, the internet. So we have to get very tough on cyber. His son has a computer. He's unbelievable <laughs> with it. That's literally what he said. Uh, wh- is he, is he the one responsible responsible for the DNC hacks? You think? Oh my God, Joe! You just busted this whole thing wide open. Think about that shit. Could you imagine? Wouldn't that be funny if that's really what what the situation was? This kid's unbelievable with the computer. <laughs> he found all those emails. I mean, uh, <laughs> never mind. I don't know. Uh, forget it. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Very bad. Uh, yeah, that's funny. That's exactly what it was. He admitted that his kid did yeah. that. Uh, Hillary says we need to. St- I mean, meanwhile, when Trump says we need, they're beating us at our own game. The internet, very tough. Blah blah blah. We need to get very tough on cyber. That to me just means more surveillance, more like yep. internet tracking. All it's that code words. Yes, Hillary says we need to step up the airstrikes against ISIS, push them out of Iraq, and then really squeeze them in Syria as well as support our Iraqi and Kurdish partners to the tune of what amount of money? Uh, blank check. And also step up our airstrikes. So again, like I keep saying, we will be in war. First term, no matter who's in office. But uh, but Hillary's a fucking war hawk. And support Iraqi and Kurdish partners. I agree the Kurds should be who we're going to support if we're going to support anyone. But that's a ton of fucking money that you're going to be spending on that. And it doesn't sound that much different than what the Republican arguments are about militarism and intervention. You know, I got a quote here. Not a quote, a clip. And I wrote, are you fucking nuts, dude? Who got in? Obama and Hillary Clinton? That's patently false. Let's see what Trump says. Talking about taking out ISIS. We will take out ISIS. Well, President Obama and Secretary Clinton created a vacuum the way they got out of Iraq. Because they got out. They shouldn't have been in. But once they got in, the way they got out was a disaster. Who got in? I believe it was Bush. Uh yeah, no, it 100% was Bush by Shelby. Shelby's moving me through the window. Uh, yeah, it was Bush. It was fucking Bush. So I hate, I dude, I hate that. There's but he nothing- said Obama. Yeah, Obama didn't get us into Iraq. Yeah, but he said it. 
Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, of course. Right. Well, no, right. But that's the thing. It just gets glossed over. And that's where it's annoying. We're a moderator. And it's just like, no, they didn't get, no, they didn't get us in there. Uh, okay. Then he says we should have taken the oil. Again, not sure how that would have been possible. Then Hillary says he supported the war in Iraq. He says wrong, wrong, wrong over her, even though there's audio of him saying he supports it. She also points out that Bush didn't renew the status of forces agreement in Iraq, so troops had to leave anyway. She supported the war in Iraq too, by the way. So we're basically definitely going to war next year or so. Uh, Okay. Do I have the clip? Yeah, I have it. All right. Here's Hillary saying something that sounds good, but we know is not a good idea. A good idea. It's a perpetuation of the surveillance state and a perpetuation of the already too big haystack of information we already collect. You know what brought Rahami down? Police work. But this is Hillary saying something that I, I just don't support and is, again, one of the reasons why I, I will not be voting for her. Did our troops and the Iraqi government would not give that. But let's talk about the question you asked, Lester. The question you asked is, what do we do here in the United States? That's the most important part of this. How do we prevent attacks? How do we protect our people? And I think we've got to have an intelligence surge where we are looking for every scrap of information. An intelligence surge where we're looking for every scrap of information is what gets us in this problem in the first place. Where we're trying to collect too much, you can't fucking follow the right leads which we seem to be a problem and that's hillary perpetuating that idea right there yes i was so proud of law enforcement in new york in uh minnesota in new jersey you know they responded so quickly so professionally to the attacks uh, that occurred by rahami and they brought him down and yeah, with policing not with militarism not with any of that stuff they 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 got in there and they followed the clues they asked people to help find him you know what i mean it's like that's police work that's what they did Trump says he didn't support the war in Iraq. Uh, we don't have to play the clip. He says it's a mainstream media nonsense put out by her. Uh, okay. Fox News, the website, released an article the other day that said 2003, like, Trump video proves that he was against the war in Iraq. But there's a 2002 clip of him, which is what's at, at odds here. On 9-11, he's on Howard Stern show, and he says this. I'm going to play the clip because the Fox News thing, that's what frustrates me. They put out a, a, a thing on their website that says 2003. Well, we're talking about 2002. Yeah. And this is what he said in 2002. It's a different year. Yes, he said this before he said that. Wow. That stuff. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... And, you know, it's a little bit like you were saying before, though, Howard. I'm not sure things are any tougher. They sound tougher, but I'm not sure they are any tougher in terms right. of security. And, you know, it's also nice to know your enemies. It's lovely to know you and I have plenty of enemies. We love that. And that's fine. But you like to know who they are, at least. Here, we don't know... Our, we really don't know the enemy. You know, they're skulking around somewhere and you just feel like you're a sitting duck. But we have an idea who the enemy is, and a lot of times the politicians don't want to tell you that. Are you for invading Iraq? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, I wish it was. I, I wish the first time it was done correctly. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, I guess so. I wish the first time it was done correctly, which implies that he supported that too, but, you know, he would have done it a different way. But that's Trump saying definitively on tape, Yes. Yes. Okay. That, but that, that continues to be something that, that doesn't, uh, doesn't play out. Trump says if the media would call Sean Hannity, this is real. Oh, this made me laugh. And Twitter went up about this. Do you want to play this part? Then? Yeah. Yeah. 
the fact that he keeps on saying Sean Hannity. Yeah, all right, let's play this. <laughs> Can one. someone please call Sean yeah, Hannity? Yeah, no, all right, so let's play it. Well, well, meanwhile, what's the problem with that? Like, yeah, Sean Hannity will tell you whatever you want. <laughs> yes. The little infant. Now it's in over 30 countries. And you're going to stop them? I don't think so. Mr. Trump, you, with a lot of these are judgment questions. You had supported the war in Iraq before the invasion. What makes your judgment? I did not what, support what, the war two, in Iraq. 2002. That is a mainstream media nonsense put out. No, we fucking just heard it, right? He said, I guess so. So maybe No, he guess said, so. yeah. If, I I, if you so. ask me, whatever, dude. Yeah, I guess so is the same as saying, yeah. It, maybe it's not the most strong. But he said, yeah. He didn't say no. He said, yeah, by her, because she, frankly, I think the best person in her campaign is mainstream media. My question Just, is, since you, you would you like to hear him, why is your I was against your the war. Wait a minute. I was against the war in Iraq. Just so you put it out. The record shows I, otherwise. The record but why does is, not show. Why was you, is your the judgment record any shows that I'm right. When I did an interview with Howard Stern, very lightly, first time anyone's asked me that. I said, very lightly, I don't know, maybe, who knows? Not, I don't know, maybe, who knows, is not what he said. Essentially. Yeah, I, essentially. We just heard him say the opposite. Whatever, I don't know where the Hannity clip is. But yeah, he keeps going, call Sean Hannity. He'll tell <laughs> you. Yeah, of course Sean Hannity will fucking tell you. He hates Hillary. It's decades later. It's a decade later now. Hannity will be like, yep, absolutely. Like, oh, I'm just going to take Hannity's word, a private conversation. Are you out of your mind? Uh, Trump says he has a much better temperament than Hillary. The crowd laughs. Uh, see how easy this is, Hill Dog? Just don't say anything. Let him yammer. He's unfit. Let him prove it. Uh, I don't know, Joey. Do we even need to play it? I just have like a bunch of like random clips here at the end. I mean, uh, let's just let let me read what they are. If we want to play them, we'll play okay. them. Damn it, Hillary. Not the right move here. Quick retort. Ask to get back to the issues. Throw it back to the moderator. No, she goes into a long thing about NATO, which not a single voter actually cares about in a real way. So again, it's one of those things where she could have hit him. She did, but then she just continues it on and on and on. And, and, and I think that's the wrong way to go. Hillary on Trump's cavalier attitude towards nuclear weapons. True. Couldn't agree more. This is the Hillary I want to see. Well, maybe we should play that, right? If that's the, that's the case. 219. We face in the world, and it becomes particularly threatening if terrorists ever get their hands on any nuclear material. So, a man who can be provoked by a tweet should not have his fingers anywhere near the nuclear codes, as far as I think anyone with any sense about this should be concerned. That line's getting a little bit old, I must say. Listen, it's a good one, though. I, I would like to. Well, no, describes the problem. It's not an accurate one at all. See, that's good, Hillary. Like, be just strong, forceful. Quip, get the fuck out. Now let him take over. Because that is a decent argument. I mean, not a decent argument. It's a real one, the nuclear thing. Trump continues. He goes, he thinks we should be getting paid to defend countries like Saudi Arabia, Japan, etc. I don't know. I guess you can make an argument for that. But there's reasons why we we you know provide defense to those countries. Although Saudi Arabia certainly is a, a questionable one. Uh, Trump can't take nuclear weapons you what does that mean he says we're not doing anything about north korea oh right china should stop them uh he thinks china should get involved with north korea's nuclear weapon program which i, I don't know how that's going to be the case he he doesn't understand why we can't use nuclear weapons at a certain point uh hillary does well here this is her strongest segment of the debate and why she stopped smiling and just answered some goddamn questions made some points solid i guess we got to watch that one right joey yep 
25. This is like, I'll probably vet these notes next time. This is like a little long, but whatever. If you guys are sticking around, good for you. Having put that lid on their nuclear program, then still to be facing that. And Donald never tells you what he would do. Would he have started a war? Would he have bombed Iran? If he's going to criticize a deal that has been very successful in giving us access to Iranian facilities that we never had before, then he should tell us what his alternative would be. But it's like his plan to defeat ISIS. He says it's a secret plan, but the only secret is that he has no plan. So we need to be more precise in how we talk about these issues. People around the world follow our presidential campaigns so closely, trying to get hints about what we will do. Can they rely on us? Are we going to lead the world with strength and in accordance with our values? That's what I intend to do. I All right, so strong. So th there mm -hmm. you go. Uh, and then I just wrote at the, at the end of this just kind of devolves into garbage. Who cares? I'm done. That's literally what I wrote. Oh, because uh, I got into the beauty pageant thing. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, it all doesn't matter. And then they ask the question about like, will you, they go to Hillary first. They go, will you, if Donald Trump gets elected, will you respect that? Like, will you, will you acknowledge that he's the president? She's like, yeah. Yeah. And then they asked Trump and it took him a minute, but he was like, yes, I, I certainly will. And then people applauded for that. Like that was some grand gesture that he's going to make that he understands how the democratic process works. But mm -hmm. okay, there you go. That's the debate, Joey. I found this, I was not entertained by this debate. Certainly. I mean, I, I think, I think we're in a weird point in time, man. And there is really only one choice. That's the truth. But I'm going to tell you this now. Yeah. The second debate, He's going to be off the chain. Why? Because Trump knows that he's got to do something unpredictable. Well, it's the it's the, it's the vice presidential debate first, then that. Ah, yeah, no one, no, no, I, I don't think anyone's going to turn into that. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, even I'll, it'll depend when it is. I don't know if I'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But again, how much does it all all matter? We'll see. We'll see with the swing in the polls. I didn't bring the polls because it's like no, we do it next week. We'll have it next week because who, who knows how much it was really affected this week. We'll see what kind of bounce there was, how long lasting the effects were and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that's it. Got any final thoughts or not? Great episode. You think so? Yes. Uh, long. I mean, you guys let me know what you guys think about that. I mean, I, you know, I took the notes dutifully, but uh, maybe next time I'll trim them down a little bit, but whatever. I think yeah. it was a good episode. I want to thank Daniel for calling in today. Um, that was great. I really enjoyed yes, talking was. to him. Guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can go to iTunes. You can subscribe on there. Rate. Leave a comment, whatever you'd like. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can follow us on there. Leave a uh, comment on the episode and we'll respond to them. Mandatory Samson at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. I'm at man stamp on all social media. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. Matt, thank you for being here today. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate your uh, input. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we love you guys. We'll be back for MSP 99 next week. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at standuplabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.